Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and if you ever think anything's off on the podcast, just think that it's all part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, stop, stop, stop. And I'm... <laughs> I can't do it. What is the matter with you? Uh, it's literally, I only have to say one word. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> This better be worth it. I mean, it's not. It's terrible. I've already told you it's terrible. I've told you that. I just can't say it. All right, hold on. You know what annoys me? Is that Brit's right outside the door. She's making me really self-conscious. Get Brit to do it. <laughs> um, Rachel! <laughs> All right. And I'm... <laughs> and I'm... Rachel! <laughs> Uh, um, what? I can, I can do better than that. I can do better than that. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm Rachel. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Rachel! Rachel! Okay. <laughs> that was that was a nightmare. Mate, it was worse for me, believe me. Oh, all right. And today we're breaking down Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Dean, how are you after trying to spew out that awesome, awesome quip? Oh, I, I was saying to you before, we really should just get rid of it. Does anyone care? I, I don't know. I would like to hear people's opinions if they really value our I think, you know, well-thought-out quips from seconds before we start. I think our listeners are far too kind and no one is nice enough to tell us, guys, come on. Let him, let him die. If you, have, if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's why we don't hear anything about our clips. <laughs> That's why we get no feedback. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hendo, what are we doing today? Well, after the breakdown of The Dark Knight, we're going to take a look at the reviews you guys have given to us. We're going to look at our question of the week, which is what is your favourite film of 2008? Which is also our top five as usual. We're going to take a look at the results of round four of our Tournament of Champions, see who's leading the charge there in our tipping competition. And then after that... We're going to see what movie we're going to be doing next time, which is another patron-requested breakdown coming to us from our awesome patron, Brother Shane. He's back with a new pick. Ah, nice. What was his last uh, top 250 pick? Was it Terminator or is that way back? Was it Terminator? (laughs) That was his first one from like a year and a half ago. (laughs) So no. No. (laughs) No. Oh, was LA Confidential? Oh, of course. Of course, like you just knew it immediately. Nah, but now that you've said it, I do remember that that was a Shane pick. So, I mean, he's got a pretty good track record. Yeah, he's done all right. Uh, they most of the ones that the patrons pick for us on the on the top two fifty breakdowns have been pretty outstanding. Yeah, no, nah, they're they're normally very kind to us. <laughs> all right, but before all that, give me the update. All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb top two fifty list? Let's see. Back to the Future and the Pianist have swapped spots from thirty five to thirty six. What's the big deal about that? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Like an outrage or something? <laughs> Absolutely no deal at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always give the updates for the top 50. The fifty, the top 50 don't change that much. Oh, no, that's great. Terminator 2 has taken over the spot of American History X to 37, which drops American History X down to 38. Wow. Where's your what there? What? Both great movies. Cinema Paradiso enters the top 50 here, knocking out Rear Window. Nice. See, I can get behind that. We were on a Narn watch last time. It has dropped down another eight spots to 103. Did you say we're on a Narn watch? A Narn. Are you going to do the same Narn joke you've done at least twice before when we've done this? 
You were, weren't you? You were uh, just about to talk about naan bread. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're, you're so transparent. <sighs> We've got a couple of films that are hitting the danger zone now, down in that 240, mark, including The Princess Bride. The No, not Top Gun. The Princess Bride, The Help, and The Terminator has gone down to, to 244. We could see that drop out soon. What were the other ones? The Princess Bride. And The Help. Ah, neither are a big loss to the 250, are they, Hendo? No, they're not. But we have a new debut into the list, finally hitting its 25,000 vote mark, and it is the 1955 film Rafifi in at number 203. Have you heard of Rafifi, Dean? Is he in The Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> Rafifi knows the way. <laughs> so I take it you don't know what Rafifi is. I mean, I'm probably close. No, you're nowhere near. I have heard of Rafifi. It's, it's supposed to be a good film. It's in the top 250 now. I've been meaning to check it out, and I have a, a reason to not do it now until we pick it. Is it a Japanese film? I don't think so. I think it's a French film. Ah, we. Oui. Rafifi. <laughs> you're a bit delusional, aren't you? This is why I like talking to you, because just when I think my, my jokes <laughs> are so bad they're embarrassing, you find a way to top them. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's about who can do the shittest joke in an episode. Yep, and that's the update for the top 250 for the next two weeks. Thank you, Hendo. All right, before we get into The Dark Knight, just a quick heads up, we will be spoiling it from the get-go, so if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. And with that being said, let's get into The Dark Knight. You've changed things. Forever. There's no going back. See to them. You're just a freak. Like me. What do we got? Nothing. No name, no other alias. Clothing is custom. Nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. Why so serious? Where is he? People are dying. What would you have me do? Endure. You can be the outcast. You can make the choice that no one else will face. The right choice. Gotham needs you. A little fight in you. I like that. Then you're gonna love me. Now that's more like it, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Come on, hit me! The Dark Knight is a 2008 superhero film directed, produced, and co-written by Christopher Nolan, obviously based on the DC Comics book character Batman. It is the sequel to 2005 Batman Begins, which we have also done as customary on the Movie Journey podcast. We won't do a sequel until we've done the original. 
That is our custom. It stars Christian Bale and supported by Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman. It centers around Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Really? Yeah. Lieutenant James Gordon, District Attorney Harvey Dent, as they form an alliance to dismantle organized crime in Gotham City, but they're menaced by an anarchist mastermind known as the Joker, who seeks to undermine Batman's influence and turn the city to chaos. Cinematography by Wally Fister. We've said that name several times especially in our Inception episode, where he won his only Academy Award for his best cinematography. Yes, and it is stunning in this film. I absolutely agree. He was nominated for this film, didn't win though. We'll get to that. Music, collaboration here from James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer. We've definitely spoken about Hans Zimmer a lot before. Of course, Inception. Yes, and many other films that we've spoken about, including The Lion King as well. How ridiculous is it that Hans Zimmer has only won one Academy Award, and it was for The Lion King? I mean, some people win zero Hendo, so I think it's damn impressive he's won one. Way to belittle his only award, Hendo. That guy's a legend. Yeah, he should have won more. What about James Newton Howard? We haven't spoken about him before. He's got eight Academy Award nominations himself. He's also done... How many wins, though? None. Oh, okay. I bet bet he's not thumbing his nose at uh, Hans Zimmer's one win. (laughs) No, he would love a win, wouldn't he? (laughs) As well as this film, he's probably well known for all the Hunger Games films. He also did the score for Nightcrawler, the Fantastic Beast films, and a lot of M. Night Shyamalan's early films, like The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, all those films. Science? Yep. (laughs) Has he actually? Yes. You have no idea, dude. (laughs) What are you talking about? Of course he he has. He has. That's that's why I didn't want to say all of them, so I just said, yep, his early films. I'm right on the first two that he did. Does that include The Village, though? I don't know that. Well, at least you're honest this time. Anyway, despite endless speculation on which actor had been chosen to portray the Joker... Endless. Endless. There was heaps of endless speculation about this. Who was going to play the Joker? Who was going to take the mantle from Jack Nicholson? Do you want to know who I heard was uh, in the running? Sure. Robin Williams? I mean, I mean, I mean, it has been nearly like over a year since you did some trivia yourself, which was originally from Batman Begins. So this makes sense that you're going to start your trivia now. Well, there's really only one a year I need to do it. And I probably won't do any until next year when we do The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, you're not picking that in a couple of weeks? No, I like to spread it out. You know, it gets me through the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still. I was still riding the high from Batman Begins last week. You know. You know exactly when you're choosing the Dark Knight Rises, and for the next 52 weeks, you're going to get one piece of trivia a week, and that's your contribution. <laughs> uh, what have we got? Robin Williams, uh, Adrian Brody. What do you think of that one? Mm, nah, I don't like it. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jude Law. Uh, See, see I, it's, it's I don't so like hard. that one. So I don't hard. like that one at all. It's so hard to think of anyone else that's not Heath Ledger. What about Joaquin Phoenix? No, see, that's a different That's a different Joker. Yeah, but, I mean, had they cast someone else, it would be a different Joker in this film. Yeah, but I've seen his portrayal as the Joker in a different movie where the Joker is not the same Joker in this film. So the other main one I, I saw don't... was actually Steve Carell. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I, he could pull that one off. I do know. I think it'd be terrible. <laughs> Too much staring at the camera. <laughs> Do you remember the trivia about Ledger and Batman Begins? He actually auditioned for the role of Batman. That's right, he and did. And Nolan said, you know, get the fuck out. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but he kept him in mind. You know, he loved that Brokeback Mountain movie where 
I think the, the, the buzzword around this time was fearless. He wanted a fearless performer. And Heath Ledger, he said, fit the bill. So, interestingly, Heath Ledger actually got the part and knew he had the part long before even the script was written. So, he had a long time to really stew on this character, which obviously worked out pretty well for him. That's true. In preparation for his role of the Joker, Heath Ledger hid away in a motel room for about six weeks. And during this extended stay of seclusion, he delved deep into the psychology of the character. He devoted himself to developing the Joker's every tick, namely the voice and that sadistic sounding laugh. His interpretation of the Joker's appearance was primarily based on the chaotic, disheveled look of punk rocker Sid Vicious, combined with the psychotic mannerisms of Malcolm McDowell's Alex Delage in A Clockwork Orange. All right. What do you know about Sid Vicious? Bugger all. Just... Give me the main thing you know about him, though. Uh, I watched a interview with Sid Vicious, and yeah, I can kind of see it. That's probably about it. I don't know anything about his music or okay, how he so acted. You, do, you know he's a musician. Yeah, I know that. That's why I just said punk rocker Sid Vicious. Do you know who he played for? He's a punk rocker, and I feel like he's- Oh, you're getting close. Warmer, warmer. Yeah, Sid Vicious, <laughs> hey? <laughs> Nah, nah. He was the bassist for the Sex Pistols. All right. And he died very young. He was 21. What's the the Sex Pistols' most well-known song? Fuck, I don't know. That that was the extent of my research. (laughs) Uh, The only Sex Pistols- Is it it that Anarchy song? Yeah, Anarchy in the UK. Yeah, um, yeah, Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So- no, I actually uh, read his wiki page uh, in my research. <laughs> in my extensive you. research, <laughs> you went on to Sid Vicious's wiki page. It was very interesting. Like a lot of the the Dark Knight trivia, I'm sure I've seen and read it all before. So I was like, Sid Vicious. I knew it was in the Sex Pistols, but yeah, he got he got accused of murder at one point. His girlfriend died. Like he had a really rough life. Jesus. I also saw that in the documentary I Am Heath Ledger, his vocal coach Jerry Grinnell said that he had to continuously lick his lips due to the prosthetics that kept coming off whenever he spoke. He ended up making that one of the ticks of the character. Yeah, worked wonderfully. Shit prosthetics though, isn't it? Yeah, they kept falling off. It It worked well, but in the end it was like, you know, maybe you could have just made them so they didn't fall off. I actually heard, I watched a, uh, an interview with, uh, fuck, what's his name? Is it Michael Joe White? Yep, as Gamble. As Gamble, yeah. Um, he said that Heath Ledger would get in costume, full makeup every day, regardless of whether or not he was going to be in a scene. Yeah, and he committed. also he also put to bed the you know the fun rumors that you know his death was partly to blame for this method acting of being the Joker. He's like, nah. As soon as it was cut, he was fun. He was funny. He's such a great guy and. It was really interesting listening to him, you know, sort of tell stories about being on the set of The Dark Knight. I also read in, in an interview with Aaron Eckhart, he said during the scene in the hospital with the Joker, that before the, the scene started, he just watched Heath Ledger in the in the walkway, just going back and forth and mumbling to himself like the Joker. And he was actually getting, he didn't know, what, he didn't know how to take it. And then Heath Ledger came in and got up really close to him so much so that Aaron Eckhart like put his hand out to sort of like sort of uh, block what was going to happen. He didn't know social what he was going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The social distancing twelve years prior to, to it actually being popular. Is it popular? <laughs> it should be right now. When Aaron Eckhart did that, Heath Ledger did the same thing and like grabbed his hand as it came up, and they got it was a quite an intense little scene. And then as it all finished, every, like he like you said, he just dropped character and he basically basically just said, "That's acting, isn't it, mate?" I mean, he's Australian actor. Like, oh, okay, he's he's good. He's all good. 
All right. What about Christian Bale here? He admitted he did not pack on as much muscle weight for this movie as he did oh, for Batman Begins. Oh, what an admission. Let's just have a look at him with his shirt off in Batman Begins. He's huge. <laughs> it was basically in part to keeping with the new Batsuit design, which was a lot more leaner and more flexible this time around. A lot of talk in the movie is specifically about this Batsuit and how they needed to be more, like, like I just said, leaner and flexible. And it wasn't just because of the movie, but they wanted the actual Batman suit to do that for the film this time. Yeah, it's the first Batman sort of on-screen movie costume that you could actually turn your head, uh, with the exception of the 66 movie, I'll say. I'm pretty sure that cloth could turn pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah, I remember watching all those other Batman films and the way they turned is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they turn their entire body to see what's going on. It was actually funny seeing him in the Batman Begins suit at the start of this film. I'd forgotten that he doesn't start with the Dark Knight suit. I I must admit, though, I love that suit. Oh, the begin suit's awesome. Yeah. It's great. So even though Christopher Nolan did offer Katie Holmes the part of Rachel Dawes, Holmes. she decided, whatever, we're not doing this again. We've done this enough in Batman Begins. She decided not to take on the role again. Instead, she decided to co-star with Diane Keaton and Queen Latifah in Mad Money. Are we breaking that one what, down next? What do you think? Good career move? I mean, her career move was shacking up with Tom Cruise, so make that- Wasn't she with Tom Cruise before Batman Begins, though? Was she? I can't remember. When I'm did Tom Cruise go crazy that. on the couch? Uh, I think it was a Tuesday. Because <laughs> that's when Oprah played, every Tuesday. Of course. You know. Set my VCR to record. <laughs> <laughs> Daytime TV. <laughs> so before we had Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, in the role, there were a couple of other suggestions here. We had Sarah Michelle Gellar. We had Isla Fisher, Emily Blunt, and Rachel McAdams. Oh, Rachel McAdams would have been nice because she's a great actress. Yes. I think Emily Blunt would have been all right. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal is fine. I mean, she's a great actress. She does very well in this part. Great actress? Is she? I think so. I think she's put in some pretty good performances. Like what? Oh, wait. I mean, she's really good in The Kindergarten Teacher. I don't like the film, but I really, really <laughs> liked her performance. You can What? You can what do that. What a stretch. What a stretch. What? Nothing. It's a good she's answer. Good. She's, good in, she's good in Donnie Darko. <laughs> I really think you're throwing around that great actress tag a bit too uh, liberally. I mean, I must admit, I have I, I can't remember any of the movies she's been in. But I know if I see it, whatever. If I was to look at her filmography and I see a film that I've seen, I'm like, that's right, she was good in that, wasn't she? What about the secretary? Haven't seen it. Oh, you're missing out. Surely you can't forget her performance in White House Down. Oh, she was fantastic in that. This was actually the first Batman film that didn't feature any live or CGI bats, Hendo. Okay, I just went through her filmography and I've seen fuck all of her films, so my my ratio is uh, pretty small. Yeah, you just like The Dark Knight. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do remember when we did a guest spot with Sam and Stacey on the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast where we did our weird and wonderful 20 questions on The Dark Knight that I think uh, we both said that Maggie Gyllenhaal was the weakest part of this movie. Yes. Are you... This is all news to you, isn't it? No, I mean, that doesn't surprise me that I would say that. Uh, it surprises me that someone who hasn't seen her in pretty much anything but this film, who claims she's a great actress, would say she's the weakest thing about this film, though. Kedo, but I also Kedo said that she's still really... Hendo. But I also said at the time that she was still great in this film. She just was the weakest part of this film. And that's not really saying much because this film is absolutely sensational. So being the worst part of this film still is pretty damn great. The worst part, though. Hmm. Okay, not the worst, but this is the weakest performance out of the main characters. Weaker than Michael Jai White? Wow. Is he a main seen, character? Have you not seen Spawn? Is, is, do you know the definition of a main character? No. Is 
No, explain it to me. Well, Michael Jai White is not a main character. I'll just leave it at that. I think you're gambling with your life saying that, Hendo. That's a stretch. So let's look at someone else here now. Aaron Eckhart described his portrayal of Harvey Dent as simultaneously coming from and being apart from the same world as Batman. His challenge was looking for the similarities and the tension between the two to find what's similar to Batman and then what's opposite to him. He prepared for his role by studying split personalities. Now, here's an actor who I have seen in bugger all. Yeah, jeez. I don't know. I always, when I think of Aaron Eckhart, I think Dark Knight and No Reservations. And I haven't even seen that film. <laughs> I think of Thank You for Smoking and I haven't seen that I, film. I think of No Reservations because that stupid poster where I think it's him and Catherine Zeta-Jones are like back to back in their chef's uni- uniform. Like, yeah, we're cool. I'm like, nah, I'm not watching your shit. Gee, you really nailed that poster. <laughs> <laughs> They are back-to-back in chef uniforms, undoubtedly looking like they're super cool. (laughs) It's funny, his career really didn't take off after the success of The Dark Knight, did it? No, it didn't, did it? Jesus, yeah. Like like you just said, you can't really think of much he's been in since then. We named two films which probably came out just after this, most likely. And then that's about it. He he was in uh, I, Frankenstein. What? Olympus Has Fallen. I, Frankenstein. Is that like a... No, nah, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm like <laughs> mobile phone version of Frankenstein. And you did it anyway. Yep. Olympus has fallen. Yeah, I remember that. He played... I think he played the president in that. Yes, he did. Anyway, troubles arose during a public relations campaign before the movie's release when a website related to the movie sent out several cakes apparently from the Joker containing a cell phone inside the cakes which made it vibrate. It had wires sticking out of it and made the cake look like a bomb. One such news station, which received one of the cakes, believed it was a terrorist threat and the entire building had to be evacuated. Dumb move. Uh, Super dumb move. Don't send out things that could, that not could, that do look like bombs and are meant to look like bombs. Just don't do it. Fake terrorism isn't cool, except in the movies. And then it's awesome. What What about Batman's growl? Hey, what about it? Much more rougher in this film than Batman Begins. However, everyone seems to think that it was Christian Bale who was responsible for this voice. The real voice during the filming was actually a lot more toned down and then heightened to a rougher, grittier vibe during the post-production from Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was interesting. But this was released in America on the 14th of July in 2008 with a runtime of 152 minutes with a tagline of, Why so serious? What do you think of that tagline? Yeah, it's great. Iconic. What about a couple of these other ones here? These these sub taglines. Yep, hit me. Welcome to a world without rules. Uh, nah, pass. Out of the darkness comes the night, and it's night. K N I G H T. That's not bad. The night is darkest before the dawn, and that's actually spelt with an N. Ooh, you lost me there. Yeah. What about? It's all part of the plan. I mean, are we just getting quotes from the movie now? <laughs> the last one here. I believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, budget of $185 million and worldwide grossed $1 billion. Even. That's incredible. Well, $1.008 something billion. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, at the time, it was the quickest film to ever hit that billion dollar mark. Yep, it made more money than Batman Begins' entire domestic run in the first six days of release. Yeah, really, really, really broke the mould for comic book movies, I must say. As well as comic book movies at the Oscars. And the Oscar goes to Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. This had eight nominations that year. It was nominated for Best Cinematography, which it lost to Slumdog Millionaire. It was nominated for Best Editing, which it lost to Slumdog Millionaire. It was nominated for Best Sound Mixing, which it lost to Slumdog Millionaire. Best Art Direction, 
which are lost to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Best Makeup, which are lost to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and Best Visual Effects, which are lost to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. There's something wrong. Should, should any of those have won? I mean, the makeup is very good in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Cinematography in Slumdog Millionaire? Uh, see, I prefer the cinematography in this. Like, there are so many just, you know, poster-worthy shots in The Dark Knight. And we watched Slumdog Millionaire pretty recently. Can't yeah, say broke it, it down. Can't say it grabbed me for cinematography. But it did win two that year. It won for Best Sound Editing, and it won, of course, for Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger. Yeah, on the one-year anniversary of Heath Ledger's death. Yes. He actually won... A total of 32 supporting role actor awards for that for that whole uh, award circuit, uh, including the Quintuplet, which was the Oscar, the Golden Globe, the BAFTA, and the SAG, and the Critics' Choice Award. The only awards which he was nominated for but didn't win was the Satellite Award, which he lost to Michael Shannon for Revolutionary Road, and the London's Film Critics Circle Award, which he lost to Mickey Rourke for The Wrestler. Wouldn't Mickey Rourke be in a different category? Uh, that ca- that nomination was for Actor of the Year. So I was like, everyone joined together. Okay, fair enough. So many believe that one of the key reasons why the Academy moved from five Best Picture nominations to ten was because two of the best-received movies of the year, being this film and Wally, were not amongst those five nominees. Yeah, I don't know about Wally, but I think definitely this one, there was a large outcry over the lack of nomination there. And I, honestly, I don't know how it missed. Like, you look at the films that were nominated that year, the Academy got it wrong. Yeah, we did do that full 2008 Oscar run on our Patreon. What do we have? We had Slumdog Millionaire. It was The Reader, the Frost, of Benjamin Button, Nixon, yep, and Milk. Milk. Yeah. So if you were to take one of those films out and put The Dark Knight in, what would it be? Milk. Nah, I'd take The Reader out. Yeah, I know you would, but I'll, I really like The Reader. Yeah. And I really like Milk. Wow, I swear you were going to go for a terrible milk pun there. Like what? I don't know, something about full cream or skim. I don't know, some shit. Oh, I mean, if anything, I would have said, is that because it's, you know, a white liquid, but- that would be inappropriate, Hendo. But let's look at some ratings here. Rotten Tomatoes have this at a 94%, saying, Dark, complex, and unforgettable, The Dark Knight succeeds not just as an entertaining comic book film, but as a richly thrilling crime saga. Metacritic have it at 84%. Letterboxd have it at a very large 4.4, which is pretty big for that site. But let's take a look at the history of The Dark Knight in the IMDb Top 250 list. Did it ever hit number one, Hendo? What do you think? What's your prediction? How high did it go? Three. All right, this debuted into the list on the 16th of July in 2008 at number four, and then two days later, it was at number one. Oh, wow. Okay, boom. Nice. Stayed at number one for about three weeks, it looks like, and then for the next two years, gradually went down to number 12. That was the lowest point it has ever been at. Over the next four years, it moved back up to number four, and that is where it has stayed for the last six years. Hasn't moved from where it currently sits right now at number four, with a 9.0 rating over 2.2 million ratings. One of the highest on the list. Very nice. No surprise there. But as we said earlier, this is a patron-requested review, and it comes to us from our awesome patron, Chris Beardsall. So thank you very much, Chris, for this amazing pick. Thanks, Chris. But I think it's time to talk about this film, shall we, Dean? Let's do it. Haven't we already been doing that, Hendo? No, let's talk about the film now, not the trivia. Let's go to the film. Let's start off with this, this big opening heist. Yeah, one of the best opening scenes to a film ever, I would say. I'm wondering when we're going to watch a movie where we just smash that excellent button right at the start. Let's get into it. Bang! It just goes off. Do it. No, I'm not going to. I mean, are we ever going to have a movie where the opening scene is the the excellent for one of us? I doubt it. What film peaks in the first minute? X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we'll find out eventually. We've still got another, you know, 200 odd films to get through. 200? Yeah. 190 if you want to get particular. Wow. We've barely scratched the surface, Hendo. No, we're nowhere close. Thought we're yeah. wrapping this up soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how good is this opening shot? It is such a great way to open this film. The, the add a little touch of like each person killing each other as they go along. Yeah, but not just not just that. I mean, the first shot of you know the Joker holding the the Caesar Romero mask that he's standing yeah. there, uh, you know, in the streets of Chicago. It's it's just a great shot. It does it does sort of in hindsight come across as a bit odd that the Joker's standing in the middle of the street in broad daylight with no mask on, with his makeup on. Yeah, full made up. You know, yeah. he's not taking a piss break halfway through the heist to make himself up. <laughs> it really does establish, though, that this this is a Joker film, in all honesty. This this film will be remembered for the Joker. It's the first thing we see is the Joker. Yeah, and it's the first thing that the people are talking about. Like, these goons are straight away just like, oh, you know, have you heard about this Joker guy? Yeah, you really get that uh, mystery and intriguement about him from the get-go. Yeah, the introduction of this character here is just perfect. It really is. You know who I do like? William Fitchner. I made a note about this guy. I feel like this guy is more famous than he actually is in my mind. I, I remember him from Prison Break. And every like I just yeah, and I feel like he was a big deal in Prison Break when he came in. And every time I see him in other movies now, they're like he's like little bit parts. And he's not really a big name, but I know who this guy is. Every time I see him. Yeah. He's great here. He's got like two lines. It's fantastic. Yep. And that's Crazy. all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so this bus crashing backwards into the bank. Uh, it was much harder to pull off than what, is, what was anticipated. The bus actually had to be taken apart and reassembled inside the building, concealed behind a large false wall, and then propelled backwards with an air cannon. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's not the best looking shot in the film. No, it's, it does its job. Yeah, but it's, even, it even, does... the, even the cocky joker here, no, I kill the bus driver. It's like he's just, he has no, he's, he's not scared. He's not threatened here. He knows well, everything is perfect. He's fearless. He's fearless, Hendo. He knows everything is all part of the plan. And did you like this this bomb that he puts in uh, William Fitchner's mouth here? It just goes to a little smoke. Yeah, gotcha. Like you know what's going to happen here. And he, he, and even his actual introduction here when he pulls off the mask. I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. Complete with that that score as well. Oh, it's just excellent. Whoa, there it is. <laughs> we have it. <laughs> He's done it. He tried to take us out, but he did it. (laughs) I subconsciously just said that. I try not to say that word at any other point. Which word? No. (laughs) Uh. Can a film have multiple excellence? If there ever is one, it's this one. But what's our next bit here, Dean? We've got everyone basically afraid of Batman. Don't want to do it. Don't want to commit any crimes while the bat signals out. The, you know, the cops are obviously using that to their advantage. Just put the signal out in the middle of the night and people, you won't get as much crime these days. Yeah, it does the job almost too well. Uh, but the cops apparently are still looking for him. You know, they've got their little dartboard with possible Batman suspects. I always found that quite funny. I mean, I don't think it would be too hard to figure out that the guy who can afford his own personal high-tech gadget tank and the richest man in Gotham... Surely you could have a couple more ideas and suggestions about who Batman could be. There's only a couple of people who could be, really, in this town. Yeah, but I think you're forgetting uh, what the persona of Bruce Wayne actually is. Like, he is this, you know, like, think about him in Batman Begins. He's this drunk party-goer playboy. I still feel like there could be an option there. 
I mean, At least Gordon should be thinking about this. If Gordon has no idea, Bruce no one, Wayne? no one else has a clue. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that bit in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't know, what hope does anyone else have? That's true. If we get to this car park here now. Hold we on, have... before, before we do that, we do get the little throwaway line from Gordon here to M- Ramirez. I thought you had to go look after your mother, detective. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I did. I did note that. Oh, she's in the hospital. So, ooh, okay. Dropping, dropping that little hint right now. Hmm. Yep. But no, it comes back. Speaking of coming back, we got Scarecrow. Oh, I love this. Yeah. It's so good to have have him here just for this scene. <laughs> it's, it's, he's better here than he is in the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, the Dark Knight Rises one is terrible. You can actually feel like they were like, we need to have him in this film. We've done it once already. We need to get him in there somehow. At least this one feels a lot more fluent. Like it's sort of- Organic. Yeah, coming off from Batman Begins, finishing off that last little bit with him. Because in what happened in Batman Begins, he uh, he gets gassed by his own gas and then he's- he, Did he go to Arkham? Yeah, he goes crazy. Yeah, and then they all escape. Oh, no, the last thing we see when he gets tased in the face. Yeah, by uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Katie Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> no, but it is good to have him back here. Yeah, and I love the way they set up the fake Batmans here because you see a silhouette of Batman and you, you assume it's Batman. And then, yeah. you know, you turn and there's another one there. And you still assume it's Batman because he's the knight. He's everywhere. Like, Batman is that good. And then, then he pulls out a gun. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, that's not him. Yeah, but here comes Batman, the real Batman, in his Batman Begins suit. Looks really good. Nice, big, thick. Yeah, he's definitely thick. Uh, but no, it's, it's great the way he jumps on the side of Scarecrow's van and then obviously you get that, that shot where he just drops down and destroys the top of the van. See, when he jumps on the side of the van, what's he trying to do there? Is he trying to cut into the van to get in? Or was it like his, like his thing on his arm was like malfunctioning? Because he seemed like he had a really hard time... What, trying to get that off or he was like stuck there? No, he was trying to cut in. I don't think he realised a pole was coming. All right, fair enough. But yeah, him jumping off the, the side onto the car was fantastic. It was a great shot. Yeah, even his line after he, you know, uh, handcuffs them all and like, what's what makes you so different to us? I'm not wearing hockey pants. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's good. He's great. Uh, yeah, better than Scarecrow's line. Not my diagnosis. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> So we're in the uh, the robbed safe now with Gordon and Ramirez, and of course they they look one way, they turn around, bang! Batman's there, just standing yeah. there. It's not even in the nighttime now; he just like appears. I know like, you can get- you can just picture middle of the day Batman walking through the bank front door. Excuse me, <laughs> let me through, please. I need to make a withdrawal. Aren't they aren't they all trying to search for him? <laughs> <laughs> but there he is. Ah, we'll get him next time. <laughs> it's not like there wasn't any cops out the front of it, because Ramirez walks out and goes, All right guys, can we just take five? Let's all go do something else. Like there was hundreds of them like standing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think this scene's kind of I mean, it's a small scene, but it, you've got Batman saying, Don't worry about the Joker. You know. Yeah. One man against the mob. One man of the entire mob. The Joker can wait. Yeah. And they basically set up this big sting here. They've, they've been uh, marking the bills, tracing it around. Now they, they've hit the, the banks that they know the mobs have. The mob has all their money, so they're going to take them all down at once. I completely forgot. The first time I watched this, I don't think I watched Batman Begins for a while when I watched The Dark Knight the first time. So I was definitely confused when you got Alfred in the penthouse, and I'm like, what happened to Bruce's house? Why is he in this stupid penthouse now? Took me a while to realize, oh yeah, they burnt that fucker down. Yeah, they did. They're going to build it brick by brick. Brick by brick. Yeah, and there there are some funny interactions here between Alfred and uh, Bruce. Most of Alfred here is sort of 
comedic relief in this film. He definitely doesn't get super serious until really the next film. Yeah, 100%. You're right. does give a couple of no, serious lines here. Know your limits, Master Wayne. I feel like that's your worst ever Michael Caine impersonation, just so you know. I don't know. I don't even realise I, I didn't even realise I had a good Michael Caine impersonation, so. Well, that's a lot better than, than mine. Uh, all right, but let's. Well, you're not going to do it? <laughs> you have oh, to I, do I, it now. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like Just do what I just did. Know your limits, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> It sounds nothing like him. <laughs> know your limits, Mr. Wayne. What's the What's the one from Batman Begins? Why do we fall so? So we pick ourselves back up. <laughs> ah, anyway, Harvey Dent. Yes, Harvey Dent in the court. Yes, in the court. Now, are you aware of the you know comic book history of this character? No. Oh, actually, I actually thought you would be. So, uh, of who? Uh, Harvey Dent or this this guy on the stand? No, Harvey Dent. Uh, no. So the way that he actually gets his face half burnt is in a courtroom. Maroney throws acid at Dent, and he covers half his face with like paper or whatever. Great for protection against acid, and uh, only half his face gets burnt. Ah, like what they showed in Batman Forever when Batman was in full suit lunging at him in the middle of the court in daytime, like he knew that was going to happen? Yeah, sure. You don't remember that? Uh, briefly. Briefly. That that part of Batman Forever, that video clip is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that was the actual story of how Two-Face became Two-Face. Yeah, it is. It is. So, yeah, there you go. So, I guess that's a sort of little nod or Easter egg that Nolan's put in there. There's a few of them in this film. What about a did you know about me? Did you know when I watched The Dark Knight for the first time, I didn't know that Harvey Dent was Two-Face. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did would not be, know. You would be in the minority, I would think. So, when the explosion happens later and the and, you know his face gets burnt, I'm like, oh, holy wow. fucking shit. And the, the coin didn't even... I didn't even pick up on the coin. I didn't... I mean... I know. Did I Tommy know. Lee Jones teach you nothing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, that's awesome. God, I wish I didn't know that. Yeah, I love that. When it came, I'm like, oh my fucking God, that's Two-Face. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously very wise of marketing not to include any Two-Face images anywhere. That was good. That was a good surprise. Uh, Maybe not surprise. Good reveal. That would be, yeah, if they had Two-Face on the posters, that's uh, that would have been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, good marketing job there. I like when Gordon goes to see Harvey here at Harvey's office. Do you notice how he doesn't actually have a chair on the other side of his desk? It seemed real, like a lot of just random shit was everywhere. I just, I just thought it was a really good way to show that, you know, he's really disliked. Like, no yeah. one goes to visit him. He's the one out chasing everyone. No one wants to go and talk to Harvey. It's really good. Doesn't Gordon mention that if I didn't have a, if I didn't have any cops on my, on my, on my beat that you didn't uh, investigate in internal affairs, I'd be working alone. Yeah, exactly. Like implying that he actually investigated every single person. Yeah, that's the implication. Yeah, and even even the subtle hint here at uh, oh, what do they call what do they call me there? The MCU, and he's like uh, the MCU. Yeah, they say he says the MCU a bunch in this movie. No, surely you've yes. got the wrong franchise, Eando. Nah, there's the MCU. They even talk about getting the Joker out of the MCU later. I'm like, well, they did that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Gordon Suddenly's just like, I, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Because that definitely comes back later again. Yeah, that's great. Of course. I still can't believe you didn't know that that was going to become Two Face. <laughs> that is outrageous. <laughs> that was that's what it was like to be like Dean, where I have absolutely no idea what's going on in a movie. 
Oh, all right. Uh, who are we introduced to now? Mr. Mr. Lau. Mr. Lau. Morgan Freeman. Lucius Fox, you know, obviously. Of course. And, and Mr. Reese. Yes. Which is a, some sort of a Riddler sort of thing. I mean, it's a gentle, gentle homage. He's not meant to be the Riddler. I think it's more the Riddler's name is Edward Nigma, which is Enigma. This guy, Enigma. this guy is all about. This guy's all about trying to find out the identity of Batman or reveal the identity of Batman. Yeah, he's, he wants to solve this mysteries. Mysteries, M- yes, mysteries. <laughs> he's, he's he's very mysterious. <laughs> So now we, what do we do? We get uh, Bruce, Rachel, Dent, and Bruce's squeeze accompaniment of the night. I wonder, squeeze. What she's, right. I wonder what she's charging. He can afford it. Wow. Now her name's Natasha. She's a ballerina. I, I love, I love this bit where Dent's just like, yeah, we we got tickets. He's like, oh, you you like the ballet, do you? <laughs> shuts him down so quickly. Yeah, but this is where we get all this conversation about, you know, Gotham's White Knight. You either live long enough to see yourself become the villain. No, what is it? You li- you li- you die. Wait, is it? You die a hero, or you live long enough, li- to, see live long enough to see yourself the become villain. the villain. Still yeah. no red flags uh, going off in Hendo's mind as he's watching this. No, no. <laughs> villain. I can just you picture. Say. I can just picture the mind, like my mind, like a Simpsons episode where I just got someone dancing around the tree. <laughs> I did like that. You sort of get Bruce, even though he he doesn't like Dent because he's you know. Going out with you know his love, Rachel. Uh, he definitely does respect him, and he's looking at him as though he could be someone that could take the mantle away from him. Yeah, so he can retire as Batman and take his girl. Yeah, that's why he sets up this big fundraiser. He's gonna make him be Gotham's White Knight. Yes, he's always got. He's always got to be. He's always got to show how much money he's got. So let's put a couple tables together. I'm not sure that they'll let us. Oh, they should. I own the place. Yeah, just like in Batman Begins when he buys the hotel. Yeah, when he swims I'm buying in this it. hotel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's get to the gangster boardroom. Yes, Lau on the the video phone on the, on the Zoom call. Yep. <laughs> what, what do you think of Lau? He's definitely a little cocky asshole here, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but he, he's fine. I like Lau. Already you taking like their Lau? money. No, he's all right. Would you say he's the weakest thing in this movie? No. No, sorry, I didn't want to take that mantle Michael away. Michael Jai White. From uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. No. You know what the weakest thing of this film was? Coleman Reese. Who? Coleman Reese. Mr. <laughs> Reese. <laughs> yeah, don't call him Coleman, right? It's Mysteries. <laughs> Mysteries. <laughs> no, but someone who's not the worst part of this film, nowhere close to it. And I thought, my jokes were bad. Look at you. I, I think I should leave all impersonations to you today. You're doing well, quite well. At least you well. admit it. <laughs> No, his laugh, his laugh is great. Like, it's it's such a little thing, like, working on a laugh for the role of the Joker, but he just, he nails it. Like, it really does give you chills here in that little, it's like this chuckle. He's got so many different laughs he does. And this one is just that, ho, 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 ha, ha, And what does he do? He's going to make this pencil disappear. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> No, he's great here. Oh, and by the way, the suit, it wasn't cheap. You ought to know, you bought it. (laughs) Yeah, Gamble is not the Joker fan here. Everyone else seems to be interested in what he has to say, but yeah, Gamble really takes a a disliking to Joker, and the Joker definitely notices that. Calls him crazy a couple of times, and and you can see he doesn't like the word crazy. Oh, what's that in? Well, there's a guy who doesn't want to get called crazy. I mean, I'm sure there's several films. (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking of Seinfeld. (laughs) 
What? Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, no, Jack is great. He's uh really really good. His delivery is incredible. I just this is such a great multi layered villain. Like I'm not sure I really thought of the Joker as multi layered, but he really is. Like he has so many sides to him. He can be, you know, cute and funny, but also be terrifying. Like he's he's. He's a psycho. It's fantastic. It is. He definitely points out pretty quickly that Lau's gonna spill his guts. This guy is. He's gonna. He's gonna reveal everything. He. I. Oh, how does, what does he call him? Is Snitch, he like snitches? I know. I know a squealer when I see one. Squealer. Yeah. 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 And that, that is definitely a squealer. And you can see Lau. He's like. Not, luckily, no one's paying attention to Lau because he. He kind of shits himself there and turns the screen off. Like oh, I'm gonna get out of this now. You know he's gonna. When he does that, you know he's in deep shit. Yeah, he's in trouble. But he's got a he's got a pretty good uh, pitch meeting here. He's gonna kill the Batman. He'll solve all the problems. Yeah, and he he wants half. Yeah, like Eddie Murphy, half. <laughs> <laughs> Joker won half mob money. <laughs> <laughs> you just have the picture of Joker on the front line. Like, hey, I can't, it's a fucking podcast. You can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, so what does uh, Dent do here? He goes out of his way and and sends the bat signal up yeah, on the up on the on the rooftop. He is Fucking playing Dent. with fault, you know, malfunctioning equipment. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a bit of a dick swinging here about who has the least amount of corrupt people in their in their agency here. Yeah, I love that Batman does not talk for ages. No. He's just like, all right, you guys do your thing, and then as yeah. soon as he gets Dent's okay, like, yeah, if you get Lau, then I'll prosecute him. He just disappears. Yeah. He does that a lot. Yep. But we get Lucius talking about the new and improved suit. And Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce is wondering if it'll protect from dogs. And what does Lucius say? Protect against cats. There you go. Nod to Catwoman. Was it? 150%. It was a nod to Catwoman. I didn't even even think about it. I thought it was a dumb fox joke about cats and dogs. You can't be that thick. We're talking about Batman. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it should, this suit should protect you against cats and you don't make a connection to Catwoman. I didn't. Legit. And I watched this twice this week. Wow. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. But, they, you know, they get their shit sorted. they gotta, they got to create the alibi, so they cancel the ballet. And, uh, yeah, Bruce is going to take the entire ballet crew out for a boat trip. And you see... You see Rachel's reaction, like, you know, that you got to be kidding. And Dan's reaction like, what the fuck? <laughs> I saved for ages to buy these tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but while that's all happening, Joker needs to get rid of his, uh, the one person who's really uh, stopping his his plan, getting motion here, besides Batman, of course. Gamble. Gamble, yes. And we get the, uh, you want to know how I got these scars? The first story. Yeah, I love I love this story. I mean, I, th- I think both of these stories are the best uh, they're not the best scenes, but arguably the best moments. These two origin stories that he gives. Uh, Which is your favourite? Uh, I think I think the second one, just purely based on Heath Ledger's delivery. She can't stand the sight of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to smile again. I wanted to know, I don't care about the scars. <laughs> yeah, but this one sticks a blade in my mouth and says, Why so serious, sir? Let's put a smile on that face. Oh, there's so many quotable quotes in this oh, movie. Mostly from Heath Ledger. It's because everything he says, it doesn't matter what he says, it's just awesome, his voice and, and mannerisms with it. 
Now, he kills Gamble here, which you don't see. You don't see a lot of violence in this film, and it's mostly off screen. Yep. How did he do this? Did he, like, slit his throat? Did he slit his throat? Because when we see it, he has a knife against his mouth, like he's going to put a smile on that face. Yeah, God, I actually read something about this. Uh, It was actually more violent what happened, but they cut it out because they didn't want it to be too violent. Did he, like, jam the knife into the back of his mouth? No, I think there's there's parts edited out here. So, God, I, w- I wish I could remember because I did, I did either read up about it or watch the behind-the-scenes thing on it where it does say what actually happened to him. But, yeah, it's there was something taken out for, for violence. Ah, oh, your trivia game is off point. <laughs> I mean, it's better than yours. But I agree, it does feel off having watched it because he's got a blade in his mouth. At worst, he's cutting his cheek open. Yeah, and that's he, not going to kill him. It acts like he just drops dead. Yeah, it cuts to one of the henchmen like wincing and then the, the music like a boom. It's like, okay, and now he's on the ground. Like, did he knock him out? No, he killed him. I have no idea how, but yeah. who cares? Because we're going to get some tryouts. Yeah, which is brutal. That's great. Now, we go to Hong Kong, which is interesting. Uh, okay. The Lao and Fox meeting. Why don't they allow cell phones here? We do not allow the use of cell phones. <laughs> Why? I don't get it. Uh, informal. Technology can mess their system up, in which Hong is Kong. exactly which is Hong, exactly what happens. <laughs> what does that mean? It means isn't that like the uh, the capital of technology, like electronics? I I don't know. They need it for plot convenience. Yeah, I don't know. They need I, no mobile phones so that Lucius has the ability to put a phone in the security section. Very well written. I mean, he could just go in and drop a phone somewhere. It's not like it needs to be really in That's any true. real vicinity. He could just <laughs> yeah. leave it at the front door and it feel like it would have the same effect. <laughs> but it's a very well written uh, bit of dialogue between these two. Like, Mr. Wayne didn't want you to think he was wasting your time on purpose. Just accidentally wasting it. <laughs> You can see the frustration on Lau's face, and Mr. And Lucius is like, "Yeah, that's accidental. No, no, no. That's, that's very mis- good. That's Mr. Fox to you, Hendo. Mr. Fox, <laughs> Mr. Fox. <laughs> he just get a big grin, like, yeah, it's accidentally very good. He just doesn't care. No. And and then again, like when Fox is telling uh, Bruce about the the sonar that he set up, just yep. like uh, submarine, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> like a no, submarine. I got that one. I didn't get the cat, but I got the bat. Oh, we haven't talked about IMAX cameras. So no, we haven't. A lot, of, a lot. There's a decent chunk of footage in this film that was actually shot using the IMAX cameras, and there was only four in the world at that point. They cost upwards of half a million dollars. And they and, broke one. And they broke one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Yep. But the IMAX shots are so worth it. Oh, they are fantastic. Now, you you don't really see the difference between ratio changes, as you've admitted before. Did you notice the IMAX changes in yeah, this massively. movie? Yeah, massively. Every single one, because I was looking for it. Yeah, and you can it's, tell because they're usually big sweeping shots. Yeah, it's stunning. Yeah, especially this one here, when you've got Batman on the side of the building as it just hovers around him. Yeah, it's get, so get, good. Getting ready to take out Lau. Yeah. I must say, Batman's aim to fly directly into the level that he needs to, he, he's got some skills. I mean, it's Batman, so... That's like saying in Harry Potter, it's magic. Yeah, it works in Batman world as well. <laughs> How did Batman do this? He's Batman. It's, oh, uh, my mistake. I'm Batman. <laughs> Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. <laughs> and, and Mr. Freeze like, holy shit, who is this guy? Like, he doesn't know who this fucking guy is. It's like the first time they've met. Ooh. Oh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh. 
Anyway, back to this much better Batman film. Yes, seeing Batman fly or glide through the air is stunning. Uh, the action scene is great, and seeing Batman just fly out with Lau is awesome. I love it. Yep, yep, absolutely. And of course, Lau's going to sell absolutely everyone out for immunity, as as you kind of expected. Yeah, I mean, he's he doesn't really have a lot of choice because whether he talks or not, like if he doesn't talk and he gets put in a a, a you know county jail cell, he's he's dead anyway. He's done. So. Yep. All they can do is hope for extra protection. He's just going to sell out the mob and keep the money. Yeah, yeah. And then they basically arrest everyone in the mob and Rico a humorous scene here. Yeah, with the Rico when they're all trying to plead innocent at once in the court. Yeah, five hundred and forty-nine criminals. It's a lot. Quick little shot of the Joker card in there too. Yeah, it's good, and I like that that came back. That. You know, like, she's not so dumb that she's just going to see it and ignore it. Like, it yeah. actually does get tested, and that's how they find all the DNA on it and everything. So, that was that was really good. But we get a bit of a heart-to-heart between Dent and the mayor here. Yeah, this is really setting up Dent as the character. Like, a bit more about him and the fact that he's, he's going to do what it takes to take everyone down here. He really is the genuine good guy here. Yeah, for sure. And huge jump scare here. Really? Yeah, yeah. When the fake Batman slams against the window, yeah, it gets me. I'm pretty sure from like my peripheral vision, I'm pretty sure my wife uh, shit herself as well when that happened. Yeah, I'm not alone. <laughs> me though, I knew that was coming. Yeah, but like think back to when you first saw it in the cinemas and didn't know no. who Two-Face was. I'm That's sure you different. jumped. I'm sure no, you jumped. because the shot is set up that something's going to happen. No, it's not. It is. He's looking directly out a window, and the window's taking up at least 60% of the screen. Maybe of course, he's going to smash into gonna, it. Maybe he was going to see Batman just fly across. <laughs> just the <laughs> <laughs> middle of the day. Hi, Mayor. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> no one can see you do the head tilt. <laughs> it just doesn't work as like well if you, say, if you say the Clooney, I'm Batman, without the, the head wobble. Yeah, the side-to-side head. I saw this three times at the cinemas. Did ya? That's I've impressive. Never, I've never seen a film more than three times at the cinemas. And I fell asleep during one of them. I saw Saw at least seven times in the cinema. Before one of the pub nights, <laughs> uh, we went and saw The Dark Knight and I filled up the cup with straight whiskey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I got smashed inside the cinemas and passed out. <laughs> Was it? It wasn't the first time you saw it, was it? Nah, I think it was the second time. You imagine you're the second time, completely forgetting. You're smashed off your head, and then the Batman jump scare comes out. Holy shit! <laughs> like Batman's in this? <laughs> He's dead. I'm out. <laughs> so this, uh, this home video thing that Joker makes here. This was actually Heath Ledger directed this little video and the other one that the Joker makes. The first video, uh, Christopher Nolan supervised it with him. He helped write, produce, direct it, whatever it was. And he thought he did so well with this sequence that he felt there was no need for him to be part of the second one. So he just let him do whatever he needs. He didn't have any idea how he was going to like the, like how he was going to present it. And sure enough, when it came back, where he had the guy reading the the news, that like the information upside down and all that, he was really happy with it. Yeah, I think this is the Joker at his most menacing here in this whole video. Yeah, that look at me is just oh. He yeah, turns so quick. Yeah. yeah, but you can't have Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne here without some sort of party or fundraiser or drink it up sesh. And here's his here's his fundraiser for Mr. Harvey Dent. And of course, he's got to rock up with three acquaintances on his shoulders. And even I the mean, look on Dent's even the look on Dent's face is like, what the fuck is this? 
who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, and again, like the the Christian Bale speech here is fantastic, where he starts out openly mocking him. Yeah, you know, like oh, he's yeah. a great yeah. slogan guy. Yeah, well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, but but he no, turns he it around. Ends, he turns it around. You know, he's like, no, you know what? I believe in Harvey Dent. But in the midst of this, we have the Joker taking out the judge from before and the commissioner. Yeah. That is true. But we get, before before we see all that, we do see the conversation between Rachel and Bruce here, which is pretty important. Uh, Bruce saying, basically, that he wants he wants out, you know? And he's asking, he's asking Rachel to be there when he's, when he's done being Batman. And rightly so. What I like about Maggie Gyllenhaal is she does seem to have more of a backbone than our lovely Katie Holmes. She, she says, listen, you know, you can't ask me to wait for that, which is fair. And then straight after this, we get the discussion with her and Dent as well, discussing their relationship. This is this scene probably is the one that I miss the most every time I watch this because I'm too busy you focused it on because you love it so much. Because I'm too busy focused on the, what's happening with the judge and the commissioner that I'm not actually paying attention to their discussion. I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for the Joker to show up, honestly, at the, at this uh, fundraiser. Ah, but well, jokes on you because this is a great scene. It is because they're ba- he's basically asking her, you, you know, let's essentially take this to the next level and when she can't commit to it he's just about to bad mouth old brucey boy oh not just don't tell me it's that wayne guy he's a and then bang he gets taken out by bruce behind him (laughs) yeah that's good timing (laughs) but of course up comes the joker you know that little bit of trivia there that michael kane that was the first time he saw heath ledger in the joker outfit and all his makeup so his reaction when he walks out is completely genuine yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, forgot Good his lines. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Yeah, I love. I love that. Like you see Bruce take Dent out here, and at the time you're just like, yeah, whatever. It's good because you know uh, Joker is looking for Dent. But really, the best thing about it is that it means that later on Dent can rightly argue that he is Batman. Do you know yes. what I mean? It's because it's not yeah. like the Joker's seen Batman and Dent in the same room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this scene's awesome as well. Yeah, it's. You know, this is another candidate for, you know, excellent. That E word you won't say. Oh, did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> Bit late to the party there, Hendo. <laughs> yeah. how, honestly, how good is Ledger here in his performance? I love it you when look, he grabs you, the, sh- you the you champagne off the, off the girl. Is, is it the scars? <laughs> when he grabs the champagne off the girl and, like, grabs it so aggressively that all of it flies out and then just goes to drink it anyway. Like, there's nothing in it. Yeah, it's great. You remind me of my father. I hated my father. <laughs> I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is, a, it is a good little segue into the Batman bit where, you know, Rachel's saying, oh, Rachel, like, knees him or whatever. Ooh, yeah. a little fight in you. I like that. Then you got to love me. <laughs> like, he literally just appears out of nowhere. Like, did he run into the room or something? Or did he just, like, magically appear like he did in the safe? Have you forgotten that he's an actual ninja, Hendo? I know, he is an actual ninja in a humongous fucking Batman suit. Although smaller than it was. What do you make of the the fisty cuffs between Batman and Joker here? I, I, I honestly, and even the even the fight at the end as well, yep, I feel like yep, Batman would yep. fucking destroy Joker. Yep, 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 yep. yep. He's a ninja. It, you just said is, he is a ninja. It is awkward seeing them try to find ways to have Batman and Joker actually fight. Like, so I feel like he, with this one, he ha- he has his goons there too. He has the the blade in his foot that he stabs him with, and yeah. at the end, he uses his dogs. But I I, I just don't think, especially the at the net, end. I just don't think that like- I don't think Batman. <laughs> I don't think Joker would get the upper hand on Batman, especially towards the end. But it, yeah, it, like 
You understand it's... it from a story perspective. Like, you can't just have Batman come in and capture Joker, r- arrest him, and that's the end of the story. I mean, do you actually have to have the Joker physically fight with him here? He's more on the like the intellectual side of things. Can't he get his goons to like have a bit of a punch on with him? Turns around, bang, he's got he's got Rachel with the gun. Yeah, maybe. I, w- I wouldn't have minded it. it. It does seem... It just seems awkward when you see the Joker trying to fight Batman. Like, I know, before you, you know, tear me a new one, I know that... You know, Ben Affleck's Batman is a different universe, but can you imagine, like, Christian Bale fighting Superman? Could you imagine like Ben Affleck fighting struggling. Joker here? Ben Affleck would have just snapped his neck because he just yeah, kills ex- everyone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're on top of that. You're like, yeah, exactly. Batman just kills everyone. Yeah, in in the in that one he does, yeah. <laughs> hey, yep. Yeah. Uh, tells, Ra- tells Joker to let Rachel go, of course. Poor choice of words. So he actually lets her go out the window. Jumps out, saves her. This is a this is a stretch. This is an iffy bit. Like, how hard would it have been for him to just pull out his little, you know, bat grappling gun and slow down the fall a bit? But nah, they just free fall onto a car. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, he just lands. Yep, they're fine. Maybe fine. maybe he slowed himself down with the wings. I don't buy it. With the wings. Yeah. Good good one. Well, he does that later on. Yeah. Again, good one. It's it's you, not any legit with with Mahoney. I oh, know I'm not saying it's a it's a it's a good excuse, but I'm saying Mahoney. later on. Do you mean Maroney? Maroney, Eric Roberts. Maroney throws him off the building. He lands on his feet and like breaks him, whatever he does, or uh, injures himself. Batman jumps off the same thing and uses his wings to to gently, you know, land nice and safe. I gotta say, just it's a cape. It's not wings. Okay, they're wings, <laughs> like a bat, like a submarine. <laughs> I think it was you who said on the the movie Could have been, man. podcast, uh, where did Joker go after this? <laughs> <laughs> like, did he just leave? He went down the elevator. What else is he going to do? <laughs> like, right. Well, I've had my fun. I've had my champagne. See you later, guys. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, we get a bit of Bruce and Alfred here discussing the Joker and just about the Joker's mindset and- Alfred's kind of like he's having a go at Bruce here. Like you, you kind of started this yourself when you got them. You know, you took down the mob very aggressively, and they they didn't have a choice. They they got him. They got into bed with some guy. They had no idea about what he's capable of, and all of a sudden you have got this maniac who, you know, doesn't care for money, doesn't care, doesn't have any, have any values. He just just wants to see the world burn. Yeah, which is yeah the age old story about how the Batman created Joker. Like whether he physically throws him in a pit of acid or not, his you know very existence creates the kind of psychos to come up against him. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't. I mean, Michael Caine's so good as Alfred. I don't. I don't mind any little stories he wants to tell. I'm not disagreeing with you. Here we get a bit of bit of detective work finally from old Detective Bruce Wayne here. What does he do? Pull the bullet hole out of the wall from this this place that they are just at for some reason? <laughs> do we did I miss where they got the call to to check this out? These two dead cops were they real cops? Were they fake cops? With the and had the Harvey and the dent on the identifications of them? Yeah, they. I think Batman heard it on the police scanner that Harvey Dent was somewhere, and then he goes in there and there's someone Harvey and someone Dent. Yeah, because Gordon and Ramirez go in and see it, and then bang, Batman's in the corner. Like, what the fuck? How'd you get in here? Yeah, ninja. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Pulls the bullet hole out, and I tell you, it was only from the most recent rewatch that I'd had, which was today, that I finally understood what the fuck he was doing here. Really? I'm like, how? what are you doing? You're obviously talking about shards of bullets for fingerprints. What the fuck are you doing to figure this out? And I realized because he's taking a scan 
of a new mentally fresh bullet hole and scanning with the one he's got to notice the differences. Yeah, to see how it would be put back together. Yes. Still a little far-fetched, but not as far-fetched as it was when I watched it the time before or the time before that. I'm just like, I have no idea what you're doing. This all looks kind of bullshit. Yeah, at least at least it is detective work. He is the world's greatest detective after all. <laughs> they don't really delve into that that much with these, this trilogy, do they? No, they don't. No. Uh, nor do they as Batfleck. But I'm told that Robert Pattinson will do some legitimate detective work. So get ready yeah, for he's that. Magnifying you know. glass. Yeah, he can call up old uh, Inspector Holmes, and they can go from there. <laughs> it's Holmes. <laughs> uh, what we got here? We got Mister Reese trying to blackmail Mister Fox, but Mister Fox is too fantastic for that. That's that's not even remotely related to what we're talking about. And it's awesome because Mister Fox is voiced by George Clooney, who's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Neck tilt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, like, Mr. Fox is great. Mr. Fox, what have you done to me? <laughs> Lucius Wait, is great can, here. You can, no, you can do it. Can you do the whistle and the click? <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, he's great. He's just like, so you're telling me you've worked out who this mega rich, mega powerful guy is and your plan is to blackmail him. Good luck. Good luck with that. And you can see, you can see Reese is like, oh, Fuck. And he's going to get another little uh, hint, hint, wink, wink at something that's coming up later with the the sonar that he's making. He's, you know, he's, he's keeping this one close to the chest, old Bruce. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the, the plot here is very detailed. It's very layered. There's little crumbs littered throughout this whole movie that all get paid off. Yeah, nothing like, comes it, up where it's like, oh, where'd this come from? Yeah, like, what's the point of this? Like, there's no scene in here. Like, I took so much notes for this because everything's relevant. There's yeah. nothing wasted in this film. It's it's impressive. So at the at the funeral for the commissioner here, this is all good. This this whole setup, the, like the tensions building as as Bruce is heading up into that room, all the yeah, gunfires are going off. Yeah, the gun the gunfire is what really yeah makes it good here because that first time when Bruce sort of you know pulls back the curtain a bit and the cop fires at the window, like what if there was someone just like oh what's that noise outside? Maybe I'll have a look. Bang. Well, well, the the timer is set off, so the window goes up at that exact moment to distract all the cops. Yeah, I realise that. What if a resident of that apartment decided to look outside at that point? Unlucky. Yeah, so it's okay if they get shot. It is in Gotham. What'd you make of the uh, Joker Sans makeup? I mean, he looks weird. Hey, it's good though. I like seeing him like that. Even like it's such a brief shot. It's. You know, and it's not the reverse, like where Jack Nicholson actually has to put on the skin-coloured makeup to look somewhat human. Okay, you don't remember that? Of course I do. Prince, the art museum. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious, <laughs> mate? I haven't watched Batman or Batman Returns in like, God, uh, at least five years, something like that. We should remedy that. Hey, you know when Batman was made, it was actually filmed in the UK. And it had the highest uh, UK budget for a film ever to that point. Can you guess what the budget for the 89 Batman was? In pounds? No, dollars will do. Dollary dues, hey? Let's go with... Um, let's have a... It's 89, so... Is that your final answer? 60 mil. 35. Highest? Wow. <laughs> UK didn't really bring out too many films back then, did they? The booming film industry... <laughs> the UK. <laughs> anyway, back to this Batman film. Obviously, everyone goes mental here. After after you see Gordon get shot, like, 
you kind of see that Batman and Dent kind of snap a little bit here. Uh, in particular, Dent, though. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Dent goes a little stir crazy here. T- gets uh, Who is this guy? What's his name? He's definitely the guy from Prisoners. His name is Officer Rachel Dawes. Ah, that's right. Yes. I don't know how you missed it. It's on his name badge. <laughs> he definitely looks at it several times to indicate, yes, this is my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, Dent goes kind of crazy here. Pulls the gun out, but he's... How crazy has he actually gone? Because he's not he's definitely not gonna shoot him. He, like it looks like he's playing Russian roulette with him, but he's not because he's using his coin. And Batman doesn't know that he's using a like a, a rigged coin. He thinks he's actually going crazy. But I guess, I guess it's more to the point Batman's trying to say is if anyone actually saw you doing this, that's just everything that we've worked for gone. Yeah, I do like that they do put this sort of stuff in because in in particular in Batman the animated series, Dent is like he has split personality before he gets his face burned. Like yeah. he is, he is someone who is a bit unhinged. He's got the right idea, but he he definitely has a very aggressive side to him. So it is good that they do start putting this in, and they don't just. I mean, even though I do feel Dent's transformation was a bit sudden, I do like that they put something in now. Now, but Rachel heads up to Bruce's penthouse, considering it's Rachel! the safest. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> considering it's the uh, the safest place in Gotham City, apparently, which is probably true. Bruce gets a little alone time with old Rachel here. Says he's going to reveal him to be Batman. Gets a little sneaky kiss out of it. He can be with her finally. That's what he thinks. It's all part of the plan. Yes, it is all part of the plan, Hendo. Uh... Alfred doesn't like it, though. He wants Bruce to endure, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, you're right. My Michael Caine is not on today. (laughs) (laughs) I told you. It's hard, all right. Uh, Yes. Uh, Okay, what do we got? Gordon's wife and kid told him that... that Gordon's dead? That's pretty harsh. I mean, do they need to... Oh, hang on. I was going to say, do they need to know that? Uh, yeah, they actually still think he's dead. Like, all the other cops think he's actually dead. Like, did you think he was dead at this point? Or did you think yep. he was going to come back as Two-Face? <laughs> I thought no one was coming back as Two-Face. <laughs> no, I God. thought he was dead. Okay. It was pretty rough that uh, Batman was there when the cops told his wife and son. But even his wife is, like, talking to Batman, not knowing that he's there. She's like, are you out there? This is because of you. It's your fault. I'm pretty sure she knew he was there. She asked if he's out there. And the kid sees Batman, but she doesn't. She's just saying it out loud. Would have been good if the kid was Joffrey. That would have been a weird plot twist from Batman Begins. (laughs) Let's recast to that cool kid. (laughs) You know what scene I had forgotten was in this film, even after watching it well over 10 times? This Batman walking through the nightclub scene. Oh, where he's punching on with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Completely forgot about this. I was like, what is this, Batman Forever? (laughs) Lots of green here. Oh, have we not talked about the colour scheme of this film? How blue is this film? And it's not just because of the opening blue explosion. It literally, like, most of the shots in this film are blue. If they were green, they would die. I'm blue, if I was green, I would die. How did you not get that? (laughs) Thank you. No, I wanted you to sing that. (laughs) Just give me the dumbest look. And even, like, that's saying something for you. Because you give me so many dumb looks. Oh my god, how do you not get this? Good imagery here, lifting Maroney like slowly up in the club. Yeah, it's always okay. more impressive when it's the slow lift up. Just really showing how tough he is. <laughs> do you ever wonder how they got out of the club then? Like, does he just, you know, casually walk him out? Batman just took out his entire security force here. Surely he yeah, can but, walk out now. Yeah, but now he's got a, you know, he's got, you know, Sal what? Maroney with him. 
He he got Lau out of Hong Kong. You think he's going to be able to get Maroney out of a nightclub? How much better is Falcone compared to Maroney? Well, yeah. How are you even thinking about that? <laughs> I was thinking, well, like, what's the difference there? Because Maroney has so many other, like, villains ahead of him in this. Yeah. Does he? Does he have the same amount? I mean, he's like part of the, the mob crew, whereas Falcone was was the mob. Like, he was the mob. Yeah, so I'm right. And Maroney doesn't really do anything menacing. No, Falcone, he doesn't. Like, pulls a gun on Bruce and beats the shit out of him, and yeah, Falcone is heaps better than Maroney. Just saying. Does Maroney die in this? That's one that for crash? Batman Begins. Does it? <laughs> one and only. <laughs> Does Maroney die in that car crash later? Of course. And, and Dent was all good. He put his seatbelt on. There's really oh. a lot of very valuable lessons in this film. Seatbelt save lives. That's right. It's that simple. If you put the seatbelt on, you live. Anyway, Dent reveals himself as Batman here. Yeah. I mean, be honest. Did you believe him the first time you saw this film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was I that thought, just I'm like, like- <laughs> was that Kaiser Soze level of twist for you when you saw this? What? So he's not even <laughs> limping anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and we get all those flashbacks to, to Dent putting on the bat, the bat suit. <laughs> what else we got here? Rachel leaves a letter for Bruce as well. Something for Alfred to do. Yep. More importantly, though, when Batman drops Maroney off this building here, we do get the... Like, we know that Batman doesn't kill, but this is where it is really spelt out. Like, that is your one rule. That is the one rule you will have to break to beat the Joker. Does he, though? No, of course he doesn't. He saves him. But to beat the Joker, he has to break his rule, and he kills Dent to beat the Joker. I mean, he pushed him. I think it was the fall that killed him, Hendo. <laughs> he pushed him off the edge. I believe the uh, the impact with the ground is uh, to blame here, Hendo. <laughs> They're going to transport Dent here, and this is where we find out the uh, the two-sided head coin, if you didn't figure that out, like me. I don't Actually, I, seriously, I don't know how I... Because from my memory, I knew that was a two-sided head coin because the way he was he was so confident about flipping the coin all the time, getting it right. He makes his own luck, Endo. I never put it to the point where he had a coin. I, I don't know what the fuck was going on. This is very unlike you to admit how wrong you are. You are very wrong often, but you don't normally admit it. What am I wrong about, though? I didn't think he... It's not like I thought he wasn't Two-Face. You just didn't see... Okay, you just didn't didn't see see all the signs leading towards the massive, obvious reveal that Dent is Two-Face. Why didn't they put on the poster, then, if it was so obvious? And you're someone who actively tries to figure out the ends of films as well. The first time I watched this in 2008, I was not doing that. Oh, so back when you were, you know, fun and a young, enjoyed A life. young whippersnapper. <laughs> Wasn't so cynical. Yeah, not a care in the world. <laughs> that's that's me now. Fifth time watching this. What? What? What, what just happened? <laughs> no, transporting Dent. Do they really need to go down into the underground part here? Surely they could have just moved to the other side of the road for a little bit. Didn't you see that the road was blocked, though, by the flaming truck? Yeah, and there's also another side of the road on the other part. They also could have turned left or right. (laughs) Even the guy's like, if we go down there, we are sitting ducks. So don't go down there. Nope, they all go down there. But if they didn't go down there, then we wouldn't have got... Excellent! Do it again. Excellent! Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) Now, oh, really? Because honestly, there's there's uh, there's multiple there's a lot contenders. Of them. 
Yes, there but is. I, I, I don't know. I just felt like this was the one. This is this so is the one. Good. I mean, uh, we're going from here until the uh, his arrest. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep this is right. a scene. Yeah. This whole thing. Yep. This no whole score? thing's amazing. Sorry. There's no, no score. score. I mean, no. we give the scores at the end, Hendo. Stop it. Uh, yeah. How tough is this garbage truck? Don't see a lot of garbage trucks in films. I'm not going to go through and try to think of a movie that has a garbage truck so prominently. What about uh, Toy Story 3? Three or two when they're in the garbage. I mean, it's... What do you mean? It's three. Do you really not know if it's two or three? I can't remember if it was two or three. Anyway, this such this action is fantastic. It's, oh, what can you say? It's, it's, oh, it's the reason why it's our excellent scene. It is intense. It is... Full on, it is practical. There's nothing CG here. The Joker comes flying in with his truck, takes out one of the SWAT SWAT cars, or the SWAT trucks, basically into the water. the The way Heath Ledger plays the Joker here is just so, just so chilled and laid back, just just firing off the gun whenever he wants. I, I like, like the, the escalation. S on the left, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I like the escalation of the guns he uses. That was so weird that we both said, "I love the S," and I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna say what I said." <laughs> no, the the laughter to slaughter is nice. Uh, I was just looking up the the Hyam amusement park to see if that was actually a reference to something, and I couldn't find it. Were you about to say you like the escalation of the weapons? I did say I like the escalation of the weapons. I didn't hear you say weapons. Yeah, so he's got the machine gun, the shotgun, you know, culminating in. Is that a bazooka? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. He's gonna have to get. He's gonna have to have a lot more to get through with this tank. Bang, bazooka, and he comes Batman coming in to save the day. Yeah, and he he does save the day. And this this you know metamorphosis of the tumbler into the bat pod is fantastic. I love I love that they upgrade stuff. Like you know, in these movies, especially comic book movies, they're very toy orientated. They want new costumes, new vehicles, everything. Yeah, and we we get that in this film. But we get it in a way that is so natural, that is so believable, that is so Nolan and grounded. It's it's so great. Like you see this giant bat pod, which just looks so, not the easiest thing to get around in. No. But it, it just works. It works so well. This transformation when he comes out on the bike, the way that bike handles, the tires are so thick. They are huge. Those tires yeah. are massive. And as yep. he's going through, and the way what the thing, what some of the things do, what what some of the things the bike does is fantastic. It looks like it's looks like it's CG. Like when he comes flying out of the wall, and the tires are like spinning on their sides as he hits the road. Yeah, I've never been able to figure that out. No, looks great though. When he goes up the wall to do a U-turn, yeah, and spins the thing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And and of course, of course. How good is it? The big fucking truck flip. Yeah, this is the best bit of this. Like, it does just keep escalating again. Um, this whole this whole scene. Flipping the truck like they did that for real. That is amazing. And then having Heath Ledger come out. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Yeah, just like you said, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. That shot from behind where he's sort of looking slowly behind him and he's got the, the massive machine gun. It's yeah, so as, he, as he's stumbling down the road firing off the machine gun when he gets out of the yeah. truck as well. Yeah. Because uh, he, he, he wants he wants him to break his rules. That's what he wants. He wants Batman to, you know, turn. Come and kill me. Mm. I want you to kill me. I want you to be the bad guy. Yeah. But he doesn't. Swerves out of the way, crashes, and he's Gordon. Yeah. Big, big shock. I was like, holy shit. That was that was more shocking than the truck flip. Did you, and be honest, did you drop your Kobayashi mug? 
and then everything and then all the the sound bites just went back into my mind. Gordon was like, you know, when I was in a barbershop, when I was in a barbershop quartet, it's cookie little. Right off the right off the trees. I mean, that was good. This is shit, but hey, I'm in a police station. Can we get back to on this? Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, we, we've gone on Fantastic Mr. Fox and Usual Suspects tangents in The Dark Knight. Who would have thought? But I do love, I do love here where we see Ramirez putting, uh, oh, who is it? She puts Dent in the car with, yeah, with uh, no, um, Wurtz. Rachel, Rachel's is, already gone. Yeah, she's already gone. Yeah, Wurtz is in the car. Well, you can see Wurtz is driving it. Yeah, and Gordon gets promoted. I always remember this from I think it was the first teaser trailer we ever saw for this. You see, evening commissioner. Yep. Uh, yeah, but you sort of, it sort of starts out with Gordon's like no name, clothes have no labels, nothing in his pockets but knives and lint, and then you get that sort of panning up shot to him sitting in the cell. It's so good yeah. when he's when he's celebrating and clapping uh, because of Gordon's promotion. That was all improvised by Heath Ledger. Yeah, it was. And, and Nolan and, encouraged yeah. the crew to keep filming. Like this is this is gold. Yep. Just keep doing it. Whatever he's doing, just go for it. But how good is this interrogation scene? Yeah, this was. Uh, I this thought, was honestly. Yeah, yeah I thought was if it wasn't going to be the other one, this two. was going to be yours. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This is great. This was actually the first time that Bale and Ledger were on set together. So yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Great great introduction for them. And Ledger was apparently telling Bale to like actually hit him. Yeah. You wanted know, him like, to those, hit me. Those were real, like, tiles on the walls that he was cracking when he was getting slammed against it. Yeah. It's like, then why do you want to kill me? I don't want to kill you. I want to do without you. <laughs> no, you, you complete me. Very good, Hendo. Thank you. Then it gets heated pretty quickly. <laughs> I love how Gordon's like, it's all right. Batman can keep his cool. <laughs> the Joker's like, yeah, Dent and Rachel are fucked off you go. He's like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> he loses his shit. <laughs> <laughs> jams the jams the chair in the door and you see Gordon like running like oh fuck I fucked up here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but jo- Joke is so good. He's just he's just like you have nothing to threaten me with, <laughs> nothing to do with all your strength. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Which is true. And he's like, I'll I'll, I'll tell you where they are. I'll tell you where they are. And that's the point. Because <laughs> God forbid that you know two separate groups of people could get to two different locations. Well. I had a, I was I was questioning this as well because he mentions that he obviously has some infatuation for Rachel because based off the way he like threw himself at her when she got when she fell off the building. They can all like Gordon that can all hear this, right? And then yep. when they go when he rushes out and Gordon's like, Who are you gonna who are you going to? And he's like, I'm going to Rachel. Does I felt like at when I when I watched I'm like, what how is Gordon not putting this together? Like who who was someone who's infatuated oh my God, Rachel? But then, stop no, trying no, 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 but, stop trying no. to <laughs> Oh, stop trying Take to find apart. faults in this. But no, then I not thought, no, Gordon, Gordon has no idea. Gordon has no idea about Bruce Wayne. He he, like he talks to him in the car crash later on, like he he's met him for the first time. So I, I understand. I'm like, okay, Gordon's got no idea who Mr. Wayne is. Yes, and his personal life. So yeah, that was it. Drop. I dropped it. Good. Should never have picked it up, Endo. <laughs> sorry, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not allowed to see if there's any faults in any sort of film. Five star films can have faults too. Oh, showing your cards early, Endo. Oh, uh, is it early that we're showing our cards here? <laughs> Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> Teams coming in like, oh, yeah, but issues, two and a half stars. Issues. Recommend it, though. I recommend it. <laughs> it's a strong two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but even the, even this little chat between Joker and the guard. Firstly, you want to pick this apart. Why do they need a guard on the inside of a locked door? It's true. 
Surely you can just lock it and walk away. Like, is Joker not handcuffed anymore? Uh, Why would they handcuff he, him up again? I think he is. I think he is handcuffed, but not to the table or anything. Then how did he get out of it? <laughs> he attacked random handcuffed. Cop. Handcuffed. Yeah, I don't think he's handcuffed here. He's just sitting on the ground. Okay. He just wants his phone call. I, I, I just want my phone call. You want to know which of them are cowards? <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. He knows exactly what to do. In a way, I know your friends better than you do. <laughs> and you see the cop, he's just like, okay, we're doing this, takes his jacket off. Uh, another another thing I questioned is when he does get out and he does call the phone and the police building does explode, there are people all around Joker. He's the only one that's standing up. Everyone else has just disappeared at this point. Yeah, and it's not like they like, died because that cop comes back later that he had a, a, a shard of glass to the neck. Yeah. So, so yeah. okay, how, how come the Joker got away? <laughs> Yeah. See, it's fun when everyone picks plot holes in The Dark Knight Rises, but you do it in The Dark Knight and everybody loses their minds. I just realized they they they're playing they're playing to that song. The Batmobile lost his wheel and the Joker got away. Hey. <sighs> hendo. Hendo, Hendo, Hendo. That's right, Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks thanks for letting me know that. Jingle Bells. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now we get I mean, we get a great death here We get the death of Rachel! 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, he loves it uh, Yeah, Blown up midway through a conversation Rude Yeah, yep And Dent gets half his face burnt here And everyone in the world then realised he was Two-Face Everyone at that exact moment Yes, and never before. I like the voiceover we get from Rachel, though, here of the letter. Go on. Saying that, uh, you know, I will be there for you as a friend. Ouch. Oh. I mean, what was Alfred thinking ever taking that letter to Bruce? He, was not gonna, he wasn't just going to get friend-zoned. He was going to get friend-zoned in a letter. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. But, I mean, Christian Bale is probably his best Bruce performance in this moment in this film where he's saying... She was going to wait for me, Alfred. Dent can never know. And Alfred's like, uh, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just this, 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 this note that I never, you know, bring you breakfast with. Uh, what's that? What's that? Ah, <laughs> oh, doesn't matter. No, really. Yeah. What is it? Never mind. <laughs> but we get Gordon catching up with Dent here in the, the hospital. Yeah, this I is do a solid like scene that again. They set up, yeah, it's great. I do like that they set up that, you know, he's... They say he's in agonizing pain. He's refusing meds. So, you know, that can impact his mood, obviously. And also refusing skin grafts, again, to sort of justify how crazy his face is going to look. Because no one looks like this in real life. So, you do have to set up like, hey, this isn't what normal people look like when they get burnt. Yeah. He couldn't just get out of the hospital and go and drink shots and shoot people without uh, some sort of... uh Surgery. Yeah. And great reveal for Den here because we see Gordon's reaction to his face before yes. we actually see his face. That was Which good. Is, yeah, it's brilliant. It, it's, it sets up that anticipation like, oh, God, what what is there before we just see it for like without any reaction before that? And I, I, love, I love Den here. He's like, what was that, Gordon? Rachel! Oh, God. <laughs> Rachel! You didn't call me Rachel! Ah, the Joker with the mob. All the money. How good is it? The Heath Ledger just like sliding down the money like a madman. Yeah. This town deserves a better class of criminal. 
Is that a famous Joker line? No. Oh, I'm only burning, sounds like it would be. I'm only burning my half. <laughs> that's that's a good line. And he kills Paul Lau on top. Yep. Gets gets the other Russian mob guy fed to the pooches. Yes. Oh, we've got bloody uh, Mysteries. Mist Mysteries. Mysterious. Mysteries. Mysterious Mysteries. Yeah, He's so on the at TV. it again. Yeah. Bloody bloody guy. Yeah, he's going to say the name. And Joker, he gets through to the station immediately. Yep, he's not watching the TV. How do you know he was on there? He's a big TV guy. You wouldn't think it. Was, was, there, but... was there a TV playing on, you know, near the burning pile of money? <laughs> well, I'm sure Lau brings his own TV with him wherever he goes. Yes. It's like his, I was going to say mini iPad, but it's not Pretty, mini. It's much it? bigger. It's much larger yeah. than a mini. But we get Bruce going about town in the Lamborghini Murcielago. Wait, wait, wait. No, he goes in the Lamborghini then. Much more subtle. <laughs> now, I did some a little bit of research here. How much <sighs> would a 2007 Lamborghini Murcielago cost on carsales.com.au? 1.1. Uh, not even close. 3.7. 3.7. You set me up, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Three million for a car, for a Lamborghini. Come on, Ando. Don't be ridiculous. So, yeah. Also, uh, uh, I'm butchering the pronunciation, but Morcelago is Spanish for bat. So, even when he's not in his Batmobile, he's still in a Batmobile. I mean, how how did anyone not know he was Batman by that point? Are you saying anyone who bought this car is Batman? Anyone who saw him in this car, that's Bruce Wayne's car. That's a Bat car. Holy shit. He's you don't Batman. watch much news, do you, Mr. Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You think I should go to a hospital? <laughs> and you still question how Gordon didn't realise it was Bruce Wayne. Anyway, what have we got here? Oh, we got uh, the Joker and Dent talking in the hospital. Yes. How good uh, is that and, reveal? Uh, I love I love this bit where <laughs> Joker's just like, uh, when you and uh, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> like Joker forgets her name. Uh, don't worry. Get one more it. in. <laughs> yeah, no. This scene's amazing. Uh, Ledger is incredible in this scene. Well, then everyone loses their minds. <laughs> Oh, that's great. He says he, he he doesn't. He's not a guy with any plans, which is obviously not true. Exactly, but he comes across as a guy who doesn't, despite his mannerisms and the way he acts. Hmm. He likes yeah. gunpowder and dynamite. You know, and you know why? Because they're all cheap. That's not even in the scene. That was from the last one. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up, though. Uh, yeah. Did you like the way that Joker holds Dent's hand, or like, or the gun with to his head? But he's holding the actual barrel back, so yeah. even if he fails the coin flip, he still won't die. Yes, I love that when he when he when he gets the coin, he's like, "You live, you die." Now we're talking. <laughs> he loves it because he knows he's getting to him. He's he's just he's just snapped him. Yeah, but we get this uh, hospital blowing up. Yes, great, great shot. Yep, obviously. That that's that part there where the bomb didn't go off straight away was not supposed to happen, and Heath Ledger improvised that bit. So, yeah, worked out well. Yeah, I don't understand what the other people on the bus uh, were thinking when they were waiting for the Joker to board their bus. Uh, there was the Joker's henchman on there. So that was a an entirely Joker henchman bus. No, no, people had got on the bus to leave, but there were people on there as Joker's henchman. You see him like grab the news reporter guy and t- and, ch- and like throw him into the bus. 
Hmm. Interesting. So now the, the bus is waiting there with Joker's henchman controlling the bus, waiting for the Joker to come out. Okay. All right. You learn something every time, Dean. I'm still not convinced that's what's happened, but okay. Well, why don't you go back and rewatch it again? Ah, right, we'll reconvene tomorrow night. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> now we get Mr. Fox. Uh, very unhappy with uh, Bruce Wayne's morals. Yes, this is unethical. And how's Bruce? Like, beautiful, isn't it? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I must say, the film does definitely dip for me here. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, I've always... The third act, third act definitely not as strong as the first and second. Not saying it's awful, not saying it's bad, but it's just not as good as the first two. I absolutely agree. It is not bad, but it is definitely... You start feeling the length of this film. It's a very long film, and this yes. third act is the weakest part of the film. And when you've got that in a long film... Your mind tends to wander a bit. Dan, can I ask you? Yep. Why is Bruce talking to Fox in the Batman voice? When? Right now. Uh, where is he? He's in the R&D department of Wayne Enterprises talking about the sonar. It's just him because, and- just- Because there's a, a device in his helmet that changes his voice. So it's in his helmet. Or his throat part, yeah. Oh, so he puts a throat thing on. Yeah. Hmm. Is that legit or are you just trying to make up something here? No, it's legit. It was a deleted scene from, I think, Batman Begins. So it's deleted though, so it's not canon. I mean, sure. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. Learn something new every day, Hendo. No, it's deleted. It's not part of anything. It's false information. I mean, you know, I'll I'll go to sleep happy tonight. I don't know about you. (laughs) I'll go to sleep happy knowing that Harvey Dent is (laughs) Two-Face. And that Gordon is alive. Do you ever wonder at what point in Two-Face's sort of, you know, traumatised mental state that he goes home and starts designing a new half suit? Is it, is it not the suit that burnt up with him? I mean, are you having a laugh? Do you, do you think the suit looks like a half-burnt suit? <laughs> the suit Mind just, you, like, changed colours. He was literally rolling around in oil. <laughs> you know, it's, not like, it's not like half the suit got wet. Having said that, the suit does look sick. Just putting that out there. All right, but now we're onto the boat dilemma. No, we got to get Dent killing Wurtz first. We got to see his first, his first kill. Yeah. See, I mean, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This stuff just slows right down for me. I was trying to, you know, skip a few of the eh, who care moments, but all right. Well, we have to, t- see, we have to see how far he's gone. He's Wirtz. actually killing someone now. Okay. He's turned. Yes. Go on. Yeah. So That's now it. we get to the two boat situation. Yep. Do you want to just talk about this whole thing right now instead of going back and forth from each scene? Let's just talk about the whole situation on the boat or the boats. This whole this is where this is why it slows down a little bit here is because they, we've just we just get introduced to all these random people that I give zero shits about. There's so much focus on these boats and these people right now. Like let's get let's get back to Batman taking trying to take down Joker. Dent doing his thing. Why do we have so much focus on these boats? Are you saying that Tommy Tiny Lister is some random actor that we're getting re- introduced to here? Is Tiny his nickname? Yes, because okay. he's I didn't huge. Know, I, didn't, I didn't know if, you were, if his name was Tommy Tiny Lister. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Tommy Lister. Tiny, because he's the, the big guy who throws the detonator out the window. Now, what do you know him from? Oh, are you serious? You don't know him? You know him well from a movie that you've seen multiple times, I have no doubt. Nah. Do you want a hint? He's the president. I'll give you another hint. Also starring Gary Oldman. You say like it's a film I've watched many, many times. I mean, you may have only oh, seen it oh, once. Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Fifth Element. 
There you go. Yeah, I think you, I thought you were trying to bait me to say Air Force One then. What? Why would President Gary One. Oldman, like Harrison Ford, is the president? Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows who the president is in Air Force One. Fifth Element. Okay. Kind of. Kind of see him there. Yeah. Oh, he's there. Anyway, so are we done with the boats? I mean, what's your thoughts on them? Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no way. You know, there's no way the civilians are happily going to murder hundreds of people. And it's not like the only people on the boat are criminals. There's also, you know, military men. So I can't see that happening. And the criminals... Pretty pretty blasé with the criminals there. Just have them in the same area with the cops and all the guys and all that. Just like walking around. Outnumbered. Ten to one. (laughs) Are they like supposed to be like chained up or in cells or something? No, no. Just put them on the boat. We'll just hang out together. Yeah. So, eh. it's It's not great. It's not great. But what is much better than these stupid boat scenes is the actual uh, scenes of Batman in that apartment building, sort of. I like the idea that the the guards and the hostages are actually the other way around. Yeah. I like the idea that uh, Gordon's, you know, had enough and he wants to sort this out now and has That's why he makes the mistakes. And told SWAT to take Batman out, which basically means Batman has to go up against SWAT now, which again mm. is great because he's got. It's also, use- it's also Gordon just being like not thinking about the situation. Like they even say, like, why are they just standing in open windows? Like that's so obvious. But hey, I don't care. Shoot him. Like clearly, Joker is smarter than that. He wouldn't have them standing in open windows for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I'm there's, not. There's a reason a why. I'm not a fan of Sonar Vision though. Yeah, I remember you said a long time ago you weren't a fan of this section. Not like how does that? How does it work? Like it's it's like a like a camera like flying through all the different it's, rooms. And- it's like a video game. Yeah. And funnily enough, the Arkham Asylum uh, game that came out after this, which it wasn't it wasn't based on this film, but there was a game that was going to be based on this that did turn that did sort of fail, and it became Arkham Asylum. Um, that has what's called detective mode, which is basically Sona mode, um, which uh, plays cheating mode. Cheating mode. I mean, you there's so everything. much of that. There's so much of that game where you just have to be in sonar mode all the time. Uh, but they're great. <laughs> they're, annoying. No, they're better than great games. They're one of the best games of all time. That of course that series. Yeah, it's a Batman game. I mean, most of my tattoos on my sleeve are from designs from those games. Do you have a non-Batman tattoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so nah that's it why would I waste parts of my body <laughs> why would I waste precious canvas on non-Batman stuff god Hendo can you get a tattoo that says no. Rachel oh, Rachel actually I might or, or just get dead how just do, screaming how do, that how do you think the missus would feel about that <laughs> just yeah just Rachel with an exclamation point <laughs> who is this Rachel so who who pulls off the better Rachel? Is it is it Bruce from Batman Begins? Rachel! Or Dent from Dark Knight? Rachel! Rachel! I think it's Dent because it's so really? ridiculous. Because I think with Bruce it sort of fits it more, whereas Dent does it in multiple scenes. Right, it's true, and and it, he goes from zero to a hundred. Like whereas in Batman Begins, you know, Bruce is or Batman's driving an unconscious Rachel, and he's like, like Rachel, Rachel, stay with me, Rachel, 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 Rachel. Rachel, Rachel! Rachel! Whereas this one, it's like, oh yeah, when you and uh, what's her name, Rachel. <laughs> it's like, oh, calm down, man. Yes, yeah, I, I prefer I prefer the dent Rachel. Fair enough. You sound like you don't agree with me. 
No, I don't know. I feel like the 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 Bruce Rachel uh, fits better. Yeah, but the Dent one's funnier. Yeah, That's the Dent the one's point. funnier. The Bruce one's more dramatic. It has the you know the sweeping music as it's going along, and just I don't know. I like the I like the the Batman Rachel better. I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying. The 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 Batman one is more dramatic. It fits better, but I prefer the Dent one because it's it doesn't fit and it's, <laughs> it's funny. <so> ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Joker v Batman round two. Yes, we got more dogs. Yeah, of course. Uh, random Fisher's net. It's good. Yeah, and lots of whatever, crowbar. Whatever Joker can do. Lots of good crowbar action. Is it yep. a nod to Under the Red Hood? Who knows? I don't. You have seen Under the Red Hood. I've seen a lot of DC animated films in a very short span of time. I like how he starts another. You want to know how I got these scars? That was good. No, but I know how he got these. They even set those up earlier on, too. Yeah, they did. Might I suggest you read the instruction manual first, please? Oh. But he shows here that there's not everyone is corruptible. That you want to watch the fairies with a... And here we go. No, doesn't go. Nothing happens. You think he's no. won. You think he's won. Batman thinks he's won. Like, Joker, you've lost here. But no, no, I'll just ah. blow him up anyway. Yeah. I love how when he throws him off the roof... Joker is just laughing as he just falls. Like he knows he he basically he think like he knows I've just corrupted Batman. He's thrown me off the bloody building. I've won. Nope, he hasn't because he's got his grappling hook or his grappling whatever grabs him and gets him back up. It's not a grappling hook because he actually he actually has to manually dra- drag him back up. Yeah, it's a bat hook. Sure. <laughs> Another thing I don't like. I don't like the way that Joker's upside down, but the camera turns upside down, so it looks like he's upright, but he's upside down. That always annoyed me. Okay. Didn't bother me at all. I sort of feel like every time I watch it, I sort of tilt my head about 20 degrees to the left as though that will make any difference. Well, then you must have your uh, Dark Knight Batman suit on then because you can't do that with the other ones. This is true. That's the end of the Joker there. Not just there. Ever. Well, this Joker. Yes, this Joker, of course. But we've got to finish off uh, the Dent story here. I mean, we know that his family is never in danger here. It's more about what's going to happen to Dent in this situation. Do we know that his family is never in danger? They've killed Rachel. It's not like killing a main character is completely out of the you know realm of possibility. Mm, no, I feel like I don't know. I just I, I guess I just had this from my memory of the first time I watched it. I just I don't think they're going to be killing kids, and it's really more about the the combination of these three as the trio and how it's going to eventually. Because I know I know I, I really don't think Gordon's going to die, considering he fake died earlier. They're not going to kill him again now. I feel I feel like it's more about how is Dent is, is Dent going to die here, or is he going to you know go back to the good side? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, plays out really really well though. Uh, it does. This end scene, I actually forgot how good this last scene of the film is, and the whole discussion around you know the Joker chose Dent because he was the best of them. I mean, can you imagine if he had chosen Gordon? <laughs> Why did he choose me? Because you were easy. <laughs> What'd you make of Two Face uh, flipping his coin and shooting Batman? Like he, w- I was never. It wasn't like, a, oh my god, Batman's dead. It's like, okay, no, it was. So, it was so quick. Like flick, shot. Let's move on. I'm yep. Like no way. Well, he's getting back up. But it's he's got some good lines here, Two Face. You know, tell your boy he's going to be all right. Lie like lie. I lied. That, yeah, that's that stuff's great. Uh, but no, nah, Batman comes up. Oh, firstly, Gary Oldman. His performance in this scene is really, really strong. Yeah, especially when like Dent's hovering the gun around his family, and he gets the his son. He's like, "Damn it! Will you stop pointing that gun at my family?" 
Yeah, Bat- Batman spear tackles him. Yeah, pushes Dent and the boy over, saves the boy. Dent falls to his death, which is good, you know. Is it? I mean, I think so. Don't you? Yeah, well, it, it fulfills the prophecy. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and that's exactly what happened here. They cover up the whole yeah. fact that uh, Harvey Dent did all this and, and Batman did it instead, so Dent remains that white knight of Gotham, the hero that they deserved, and Batman is the hero they don't, the hero they deserve but don't need right now. They, like, Dent stays the hero that dies a hero. Yes. Which is what I love. Like, he does die a hero and he does turn into a villain. That's what's so great about that quote. Like, Dent's saying you either do A or B, but Dent actually ends up doing A and B, which are polar opposites. It's it's really, really well written. And Batman's on the run, but, you know, surely he just takes off the Batman suit and that's it. What do you mean? He just takes it off. Well, he'll go home and he'll take off the suit and he's just back to Bruce Wayne for good now, which is oh, what I he wanted to do meant, in the first place. I thought you meant then and there. Like oh, in he the, just takes the suit off. He's got a nude the... Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, you think he's naked under that suit? Well, why wouldn't he? Maybe he's got sure some briefs on. I'm sure he's got something on. Nope, but he heads off. Dent talking to his kid about, you know, how good Batman is and what he's done. I thought Dent just died. How is he talking uh, to his Gordon. kid? Gordon. I yeah, I must say, I mean, I'm impressed with the the kid's ability here to keep the biggest secret in the entire city. <laughs> he seemed to recovered well after having a gun pointed at him and nearly dying a couple of minutes later, standing next to a dead body with half his face burnt off. Yeah. You all right, Dad? What about you? Why is he running, Daddy? Because <laughs> we have to chase him. He's beginning to believe. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> You'll notice my young boy voice is also my young girl voice. <laughs> and that is it that is the dark knight yes it is any last words all right dean what's your final thoughts on the dark knight yeah amazing film uh i mean it it furthers it furthers everything that is brought up in batman begins so well like it does take all the elements from batman begins and it makes a movie that feels like a natural continuation whilst making a completely different film. Like, this film is so different to Batman Begins. Um, and whilst I've been a big uh, advocate that Batman Begins is a better movie, this is still an unbelievably great movie. And it's great that I, like, I put this on and, you know, sure, there's a level of excitement going into watching The Dark Knight, but it was even better than I remembered. And... I sort of was watching, I was like, man, this is so, so amazing. And then that third act kicks in and I start to get bored. I really do. That whole boat stuff does let the film down. Heath Ledger, as everyone who's anyone has ever said, is incredible in this film. I don't have too many flaws with it. I've said everything that I don't like. I've said what I do like. I just think the character of Batman is not as strong in this film as he is in Batman Begins. His arc in Batman Begins is so much more powerful. And as a Batman lover, first and foremost, versus, you know, a Joker lover, I I do still think Batman Begins is the better film. So, having said that, stunning film easily gets a... Amazing. Outstanding. From me. You kind of blended your, your final thoughts with your rankings there. It was more of a Batman Begins review, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, I just... When I when I watch The Dark Knight, I do always compare it because I think the trilogy is... It's so interesting to rank this trilogy. 
All right, my final thoughts on this film. This is uh, a spectacular film, amazing performances, especially, obviously, from Heath Ledger. It is just mesmerizing his performance, how much he committed to this role and the way he produces this character of the Joker throughout this whole film is just unbelievable. The score in this film is sensational. The The cinematography is, like you said, it's... It's so good to look at. It's like some of the some of the scenes and the shots, especially those big sweeping shots, are, are just spectacular to watch. The action is unbelievable. That whole middle section with the chase is it's. I mean, I can't even put it in words. It's it's so it's so fucking good. It's so good. It's not a violent film, but it has that that intense factor to it that makes it it makes it feel like it is a very violent film it's threatening as well you have this character in the joker who is such a threatening person where you don't need any blood or gore in this film to make it feel like that it is uh, it's fantastic how nolan made it so it does slow down a little bit in the third act but honestly it's it's not that big of a deal for me it's not that bad this film overall for me is absolutely amazing amazing outstanding very good. Has this always been five stars for you? Yeah, for sure. Nice. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where is this going to sit on your rankings? Now, I'm going to be honest. Well, please I do. Probably, I probably did think this was better than I expected having just watched it. And my initial reaction as to where I was going to place this was directly below Batman Begins. However, <laughs> having reviewed... Having reviewed the list here, the very top end of my list, I actually don't think I can do that. So I'm going to start at Batman Begins and go down from there and see where we see where it lands for me. So right. un- underneath Batman Begins is the one and only Groundhog Day, Hendo, at number four currently. Okay. And I do think Groundhog Day is better than The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Then we get to La La Land. I mean, La La Land is is very special for me. So, I do think La La Land is better. Then we come up against Inception. And this is probably... I've got Inception, then The Matrix. And it's it's definitely in this vicinity somewhere. I'm going to say it's it's better than The Matrix, but not as good as Inception. I'm going to put it at my new number seven. Okay. All right. Number seven. Well, generally with the five-star films, I go from the bottom of the fives and, and... Go up from there, but I'm I'm going to take it from the top this time. Is this better than Pulp Fiction? No, no way, it's not. And I'm at the same area as you are, Dean. Is this better than Inception? And honestly, before this, I would have said it was. But having watched Inception recently, and having watched this twice recently, I think Inception is better than The Dark Knight. And we hit number three now, which is The Matrix. Sounds very similar to my list, Hendo. Yeah. Gee, this is. This is hard. This is very hard. Now, um, I th- I think the Matrix Matrix is better than the Dark Knight. Okay. I mean, I can't argue with that. It's it's very close. So we're at number four now with Kill Bill Volume One because my number five is Rocky, and I think the Dark Knight is better than Rocky. So I mean, most films are. No, no, shut up. <laughs> uh, so it is a matter of is it going to be at number four or number five for me? Jeez. Uh... I didn't. I didn't think this coming into this. I, th- I think Kill Bill Volume One is better than The Dark Knight. So I am going to put The Dark Knight as my number five. Wow! So much hate from you tonight, Hendo. 
I'm pretty sure half your review of it at the end of your final thoughts was, you see, Batman Begins is better because of this, and the third act is terrible, and it's so slow, but, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, but Batman, Batman Begins. Like, I think the, the difference between The Dark Knight and The Batman Begins, shut, shut the fuck up, so I'll talk about Batman Begins and your final thoughts of The Dark Knight. So much negativity. But did you just have The Dark Knight at number seven, and you said so much negativity from me at number five? <laughs> Yes. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie-related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there, and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Endo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Movie Journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also have a new Facebook discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, it's another patron-requested review, and it comes to us from our awesome patron, Mr. Jacob Bennett, and he's gone with Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Ah, very nice. A bit of sex and drugs. No rock and roll? Mostly disco, isn't it? I think it's disco. Yeah, disco. Wrong decade, mate. Well, disco's still good. I don't mind a bit of disco. We've also got to give a big shout-out to our brand-new patron, which is regular contributor Luke James Human. Thank you very much, mate, for joining the crew. Ah, fantastic to have you on board, buddy. Yeah, we hope you enjoy all the new content you've got at your disposal now. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, mate, let's get to... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. And let's start off with a couple of reviews over on Twitter. First one here from Carlo. I saw this in theatres and remember walking out impressed, but mostly because of Ledger's performance. However, the more I've seen the film, the more I've become aware of its flaws, most of which lie in the rushed and erratic last act with Two-Face. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Nolan should have ended the fall of Dent and left the Two-Face bit for the third part. Eckhart and the trilogy deserve better. Fair enough. Next up from Clint McCormick. 
I wasn't huge on superhero movies, generally watch them when I get around to it. This was on another level though. Every scene plays a pivotal role, the psychological battle as well as the physical. Such an easy watch, don't think I'll ever see a better movie, damn! Well there you go, the highest of praise. Here's a short and sweet one from Isaiah Washington, such a great movie. Michael Preservation Society says Nolan broke the rules, raised the stakes and changed the genre forever. Ambitiously shot, skyhook scene in Hong Kong, truck flip that seared into my brain come to mind, the score, the cast, Ledger's performance, it's a perfect film. Very nice. All right, let's take a look over on our Facebook listener community group. Dean, what what does Julio from the Catrarians have to say about this film? Julio, ever the controversial figure, says... Most overrated Batman movie after Batman 89. All right, thank you very much, Julio, for that one. Next up on Patreon, Endo from Rob Manafield. I won't repeat what's been said a million times about this film. All I'll say is The Dark Knight is a spectacular film from start to finish, and it might just be my favourite film of the 21st century so far. Ben Mulverhill says, Comfortably a favourite of mine, watched it numerous times and never got bored. Heath Ledger's performance is one of those rare few that makes you sit up a little bit more and pay that bit extra attention as if it has its own gravitational pull. Next up from Jay. This movie is a movie classic. It succeeds as a great movie with amazing performances and not just a superhero movie. The opening scene draws you in with the introduction of the Joker and leaves you wanting more but uses him sparingly throughout the film. Heath Ledger created a character that felt like he was in every scene but only 27 minutes of screen time for a two and a half hour movie. I did not realise that, Hendo. Hmm. That everyone thought could not be better than Jack's version. The score for this movie is the other standout that gives me chills and gets me excited every time I hear it. Five out of five all the way with this movie. Damn, I'm going to go watch it again now. Nice. Newest patron Luke James Human says, For me, it seems this was the film that gave superhero films real artistic credibility. Building on the strong realism foundation of Begins, this took 21st century filmmaking techniques, meaningful storytelling and world-class acting, then applied them to a comic book world that many had written off as exhausted. The MCU owes heaps to this film, and while some of its efforts may have come close, none achieved the tone which will ensure The Dark Knight elevates itself above being just a phenomenal comic book film to become an outstanding, incredible piece of cinema. Lastly here from Chris Beardsell, I'm going to go ahead and echo everything that Dean will say during the breakdown because I feel like we'll be on the same page when it comes to this film. Should I stop there, Hendo? I mean, you stopped with Julio. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see if uh, Chris is on the the money here. Uh, I maintain that Begins is a better Batman story. Yeah, I mean, I really think I should just stop while I'm ahead. But I really think The Dark Knight is a flawless film. Heath Ledger gives a performance of a lifetime and it truly is a tragedy he passed away so young. He was only beginning to enter his prime as an actor. I could probably pick five different scenes to be my excellent, but if it were if I were to single out one, I'd have to go with the Batpod truck flip scene. <laughs> This scene really shows that if you can keep it as practical as possible, it can really enhance the spectacle. I've rambled on long enough, so I'll finish off by saying that this is a five-star film for me and one of my top ten of all time. Pretty close, Chris. Pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. Oh, we've just we've just got the extra part of Julio's review in here. Just kidding. It's a goddamn masterpiece. Saw it four times in the theatre, last one on IMAX. It's so dense, but in the best possible way. Bursting with ideas and characters and doing them all justice. See, he's he's come around on Batman. He's such a kidder. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, of course, we've got... Shane! 
I haven't seen this movie in more than five years, and it's the first viewing since 2019's Joker. I was curious how the Joker portrayal here would stack up, without any question. 2019 Joker definitely holds the crown, and does make this version of Joker seem cartoonish. Boom. Take that, world. Okay. Another one of Shane's hot <laughs> takes there. <laughs> I mean, isn't this this Joker kind of supposed to be a little bit cartoonish and fun, laughable? Of course. At the time, Heath Ledger's performance was mind-blowing. You couldn't have seen it coming from either him or the character. Hell, even the whole Batman franchise was resurrected with this movie. I disagree with that. Not to say Batman Begins hadn't already done that, thank you Shane, but when I saw Begins for the first time, I still thought it was connected to the 90s Batman films and The Dark Knight were just venturing into uncharted territory. Visually, cinematically, the film still holds up as one of the grandest productions to hit the screen. Its composition and delivery set it apart from most movies. Purely as an action thriller, The Dark Knight is still a staple of the genre. If it weren't for all the flip phones, you'd think it came out last year. Were there a lot of flip phones in this film? I don't remember any phones in this film. I mean, there was mobile phones, you know, in Hong Kong. We don't they allow the use of... Were they I, flip phones? I don't, know. I don't know. I think they were the, like the slidey up sort of ones. I mean, they're definitely phones because the whole premise of Sonar relies on people having phones in this film. Flip phones. Okay. Yeah, they, they flip. They flip you. Flip you for real. (laughs) Another usual suspects. (laughs) Plot-wise, it can get a little confusing. There are a lot of supporting characters who come in and out with little introduction. Bruce Wayne, Batman's character, is given little room to manoeuvre, especially when compared to Did you see his new suit? He can manoeuvre heaps now. Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon almost seemed to be the protagonists of the film. Aaron Eckhart was definitely the highlight. Maggie Gyllenhaal is also great in the role, but for continuity, you'd still want Katie Holmes. Thought it was Holmes. Would make her scenes more impactful. Overall, it's the definitive action blockbuster that might be shallow in some areas, but has so much going on scene to scene, you're never bored. Five stars from Shane. Wow, a banger from Shane. Well done, mate. Well done indeed. All right, let's take a look at some new polls. Which films deserve to be in the top 250 films of all time? And we'll move on to It's a Wonderful Life. And we have 70% saying yes, it does deserve to be in the list. Jesus, pretty sure I voted no. What, what is wrong with you? Why are you s- such a piece of shit? Wow, 250 isn't that many. 250 is a lot. The, the thing that It's a Wonderful Life is not in that 250, that's horrible. What about Rocky? <laughs> I mean, you know I voted no. Same situation, 70% say yes. Sheep, Hendo. Sheep? <laughs> Were they confusing it with another film? I mean, they're the probably Rock. confusing it with Rocky 2, 3, 4, 5. They're all the same film. And all of them would get 70% yes then, based off your criteria then? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what about The Thing? 65% say yes. Pretty sure I voted no on that one. <laughs> and someone got on Twitter like, who the fuck's voting no on this? And I was like... <laughs> it was me! <laughs> it <What> was me! <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about the Grand Budapest Hotel? 65% again. Say no. Yeah, weak lineup this week, Hendo. Stand By Me is next. Ah, they- definitely voted yes for that one. Well, you're in the majority again. 57% say yes for that one. And then we hit this week's breakdown, The Dark Knight, and we have 75% say yes. Which Why puts would you in- even put this poll up, though, Hendo? That's just yeah, stupid. I- it's clearly the greatest movie of all time. Why would you ask if it's one of the best, best 250? It's it's in everyone's Jesus. top 10, apparently. <laughs> lift, your, lift your game, Hendo. 
Seventy-five percent say yes, which puts it at our number four so far in our rankings of all the films we've done so far. So we have our top five here of The Wizard of Oz, The Dark Knight, Singing in the Rain, Saving Private Ryan, and Silence of the Lambs. But we've still got a lot more films to get through that we've done already, so we'll see where they end up. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favourite film of 2008? And let's take a look, as usual, on Twitter. First one here from Anth P. It's got to be The Dark Knight. But massive shout-outs to The Hurt Locker and Let the Right One In. One of the best foreign films I've ever seen. Glenn McGregor says Rambo because it's underrated. Sly Stallone brought back a character after 20 years. The story was fresh. It was brutal. It got me excited for the character again and cinematography was great. I have not seen Rambo. Uh, it's incredibly, incredibly violent. Like just over the top violent and gory. We've got Mitch here from Geek Elite Media says have to go with Iron Man. Definitely makes sense for all Mitch. The Real Doa podcast says The Wrestler. Not a bad choice there. Tony says Gran Torino. Living Lambo says Dark Knight. What about Landy Calrissian here says Tropic Thunder. Gen X Steph says Wally. Nice, nice choice there. The What We Should Watch podcast says I can't choose between Iron Man, Benjamin Button and The Wrestler. Recon Cinemation podcast says The Wrestler. There you go. What about Mayor of Nilbog says Let the Right One In. Seems to be only a couple of films here everyone's choosing. The Oscar Real Movie podcast says Gotta go with The Dark Knight and or The Wrestler, but I would like to specifically say Not Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Everyone seems to rag on that film. I have not seen that film. Should I? No. No? I mean, it's not as bad as everyone said. I mean, it's pretty bad. I don't even think (laughs) I finished it, to be honest. Apparently there's aliens or something in it. I don't know. Yeah, I heard aliens. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Five in Tokyo says Taken. Renegade says No Contest, Dark Knight. And the last one here, Sorry You're In My Seat podcast, finishes off with The Dark Knight. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in your response. But then we're going to get to our top five films of 2008 and see who has won our competition. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you. What is your number five? The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Powerful war film about a boy. Wait, 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 wait. Is his pajama striped? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if Hugh Grant was in it. What? Powerful war film about a boy. About a boy. Hugh Grant. I wasn't, I wasn't even listening to what you said. Then why do you bother? All right, my number five is The Wrestler. Yeah, I did wrestle with putting that one on my list, Hendo. Just missed out. Number four for me is Wally. What is that film? Oh, you mean Wally. Wally. Yeah, that's right. Never heard of this Wally movie. Anyway, my number four is Let the Right One In. My number three is Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, look at that. We've got at least one that's the same here because that is also my number three. Uh, I bet we probably have the same two-in-one here now, Hendo. Number two, obviously, Iron Man. No. Wow. So the Dark Knight's not making your list, Hendo. (laughs) (laughs) You said we had the same one and two. Are you implying that the Dark Knight is not on your list either? This is correct. Yeah. My number two is Wally. Ah, that's why you were so passionate about the pronunciation. Absolutely. That's the only reason. Okay, and our number ones are obviously The Dark Knight. You really don't have Iron Man in your top five of the year? That's crazy to me. Iron Man is my number six. Sure. <laughs> just, whatever I said then, you were just, uh, nah, you're full of shit. I mean, you've probably got 50 movies in your number six spot at this point. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what I'm working with here, mate. But let's look at our joint top five here, and we have from five to one. Joint. <laughs> 
Are you serious? <laughs> I can't believe you stopped for that. You just kept going. No way. I had to point that one out. All right, five to one. Let the right one in. Iron Man, Slumdog Millionaire, Wally, and The Dark Knight. Now, let's take a look at our competition here. We had several people who got three out of five correct, including Mina Harker, Ben Mulverhill, and Rob Manafield, but they weren't the winners, obviously, because we have a winner here who got four out of five correct. From five to one, they had Slumdog Millionaire in Bruges, Let the Right One In, Wally, and The Dark Knight. And that winner is Chris Beetzel. Hey, nice job, Chris. I take back everything I said about not having Iron Man in the top five. Good good list, mate. <laughs> uh, well done, buddy. It's his second one he's won, so he's, he's doing well. It, it, this is his week. He's, he's, got, he's picked his speed movie. He's got the Dark Knight. He's, this is his category, and he's won it. It's a bit of... Some, uh, some would say it's rigged, Tendo. Some would say it's rigged. Not, not your either. No, absolutely not. Well done, mate. We'll get in contact with him, get out some more sweet, sweet merch. And for next week's question of the week, it is Chris Beardsall's pick once again. What is your favourite Heath Ledger film? Very nice. I'm going to have to uh, polish up on my Heath Ledger filmography, I think. Yeah, there are a couple of Heath Ledger films that I haven't seen that probably would make the list if I went and watched them. So I might go do that this week. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, then it's time to find out the results of our round four in our Tournament of Champions. First match here, we have 12 Angry Men against Psycho. And Psycho takes it down with 63% of the vote. Next up, we have Casablanca up against A New Hope. And it's A New Hope coming out on top here with 56% of the vote. And next one here is The Empire Strikes Back against The Dark Knight. Now, both of these films had won their first three matches together. So we're going to separate these ones here. And 58% of the vote goes to The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, this was close for... A lot of the vote. It did sort of balloon out a little at the end. It was 50-50 for a while, Hendo. It was. Moving on. Last one here. We had Pulp Fiction up against Inception, and it was easy pickings for Pulp Fiction, 68% of the vote. All right. So looking at the results of the tipping competition so far, I've actually uh, spread out the the crew a bit more here. We have a ton of people now sitting on a total of 14 out of 16 so far, and those are me, of course, Ben Mulverhill, Dave from Super Movie Bros, brother Shane, Tom Schutzer, and Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. Now, where are you, Dean? Uh, equal third. <laughs> equal third, are you? I think there's more people above you. If you have everyone everyone who's got 14 at the moment, you're probably sitting at like equal, what, sixth or seventh? Well, I'm all about equality, Hendo, so I don't mind that at all. So, what's next? All right, it's time to find out what movie we're going to be doing next. Now, like we mentioned earlier... It is Brother Shane's patron-requested pick, and he is going with V for Vendetta. Nice. Good pick. He's doing well. How do you feel about that, Hendo? I've only seen the film once, a long time ago, and I can't remember too much about it. Hmm. I've seen it probably 10 times. I really wish Shane had left this pick until we could do it on the 5th of November, but, you know, he's, he's got in too quick, so... Oh, well, well, he forgot. He failed to remember, remember the 5th of November. <laughs> Poor the gunpowder treason and plot. <laughs> I know of no reason why the 5th of November should ever be forgot. All right, that is going to be our next breakdown. But next week, of course, is Pod v Pod 39. We're going to have another amazing guest on this time. We're going to talk about what else we've been watching. Have you watched anything recently, Dean? Uh, yes. 
Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week for Pod V Pod 39. Bye. Bye.